Do you pride yourself on finding the best deals and savings? Yes, it's me. I'm raising my hand. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop. Get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every single category, including fashion, beauty, home essentials, travel, dining, and so much more. Shop brands like Macy's, Adidas, YSL Beauty, Samsung Petco, just to name a few. Plus, membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Cashback rates change daily. Here's how it works. Stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and then Rakuten shares a commission with its members via check or PayPal quarterly. And you better believe how exciting it is when your PayPal alerts you that you've gotten money. It's no wonder Rakuten has 17 million members who are already saving. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. Or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cashback really adds up. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Oh, Christine fell. <laughs> Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. Life alert! <laughs> it's because you're 28 now. I know. I'm the crypt keeper. Are we recording? Yes. For for good? I just figure we might as well let it roll. Just let it roll. Roll the tape. Oh, and action. And action. Um, so, fun fact about my laptop today. Yes. So I had a sticker on my laptop that a fan actually made for us. I remember that. And then uh, it got a little damaged, so I tried to peel it off, and this is what my laptop looks like now. a big circle. Oh. <laughs> it's one of the, you know, like when the adhesive just yep. refuses, and yep. so I just have like my... Yeah, I'll give just, you some acetone. It'll get rid of it. I have. I got the adhesive remover. Oh, okay. But yeah, I, it just looks like not. It great. looks super. It looks just like you. Is what it does. I have two things I want to say. Okay, I have several. So go ahead. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> One is uh, I have a lot of guilt about this yesterday, and I also tweeted about it. But yeah. um, so we were at Allison and I were at the Americana yesterday, getting a little cheesecake factory. Oh, always. And um, cheesecake factory be our sponsor and oh, please send me cheesecake oh my god can you imagine a box of cheesecake no. to just show up every week i'm literally not gonna listen to anything else you're saying because i'm gonna be by the way that is that. not how our sponsors work we don't get shit every week no. <laughs> <laughs> i just want cheesecake factory to do it mm-hmm. we could try and arrange something um so while we were on our way there there was this young girl she was probably like 14 ish and her name is anna and she approached me and was definitely like a super fan of the show Aww. and she was it was very cute she was like stumbling over her words and she was really nervous and what did you do em i just feel like i wasn't my best elevated self it is very hard to like know how to respond in that situation it, to be honest anna it wasn't you it was just so goddamn hot and i was so tired i had just been at starbucks for like 11 hours so you just went from one chain to the another chain yeah, yeah. well so i'm still uh carting allison around she's got her knee in a scooter and so I've been pretty much playing chauffeur. And so her job is in a stable location all the time. Sometimes she has to go to like three or four different locations. Yeah. 
and uh, not three or four, uh, multiple locations. Though. So since she can't drive and I can, I've been stopping at a lot of coffee shops waiting for her to finish. I see. So I just driven a lot that day and I'd also worked a lot and I was just such a in zombie mode. And then she came up and I just feel like I, I came off kind of boring and quiet and not interested in you her. You met the real M. Oh, my God. Yeah. Our I secret's know. out. I feel really bad because I was like, she was clearly like such a big fan. And I probably just totally ruined her opinion of no, like what I'm like in real life. I'm sure that's not true. I mean, anyway, it, people get so scared to approach us. But like, I'm very scared when people approach me because not I mean, do it. I we like, like shook to say her hi. hand. I was like, I was so weird. I, I Anyway, it's, it's just like we're socially awkward people. At least I am. I don't, don't want to speak for you. I'm a very socially awkward person. So when someone approaches me, my immediate thought is I've done something wrong. Yeah. So the, one of the transitions that we have talked about before that we made from not not that we're like we're not we are very aware. We're not like a list celebrities, but we are aware speak that for yourself. we know that more people recognize us than they did before the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so. There is that transition period where you're not used to people coming up to you out of nowhere. And so for, there were several months where oh, yeah. people came up to me and said, um, excuse me. The first thing you think is you fucked something. Up. I go, sorry. I'm so sorry. You're and like, like, oh, <laughs> am I in your way? <laughs> and they're like, no, I want to take a picture with you. Every time in the airport, I would think that I had stolen their luggage. Like, even if I didn't have luggage, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I always I'd, thought I dropped something like, on them. Give somebody or, like, bag. I, I like I said something and offended someone. But anyway, but we do like when people say hi. I'm not saying don't yes, say hi. If you see me, please come say hi. It makes me very happy. And also, like, I love to just, like, text my mother immediately and be like, <laughs> mom, guess what? If I am quiet, it's because I'm sleepy. It's not because I don't want you to take a picture with me. Have we ever gotten recognized together? I don't think so. Isn't that weird, though? Eva and I have been recognized a lot together without you, which is interesting. You're Great. always, I'm just you're not always nearby. You're like in the bathroom. I think it's because I always just run away. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we were traveling and I would just always go to my like Delta Sky Lounge. <laughs> That's true. Christine was very good at leaving us in the airplane. <laughs> to in be, the airport. To be f- and the airplane. <laughs> and the airplane. She would literally be like. To be fair, we spent every fucking waking moment together for four months. So I think true. nobody was complaining that I was leaving them No, alone. but it was often me and Eva alone yeah. and then christine alone <laughs> yeah well i also did leave you in canada one time but we're not going to talk about that she literally no, left I, me and I Eva. literally got on a plane and left them by accident <laughs> it's a whole thing you don't need to know that it, 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 i'm we're not kidding it actually oh happened some like home a... alone two shit yes literally left you in another She's like, country like well <laughs> i got on the plane at so at least it was your favorite country yeah i wasn't complaining even i had a blast the canadian uh airport was it was like I they like that knew. you call it the Canadian airport. There's only one. Like there's one. It rocked my world. We were in Vancouver, and uh, it was it was meant for someone like me. There was at least thirty shops full of Canadian memorabilia. I yes. don't need. Yes. And I made Eva go to every one of them. With well, me. you also fell asleep on top of your suitcase, and Eva had to check whether you were breathing. So it did become a thing when we were touring <laughs> that Eva would check my breathing because I sleep so deeply. That there were multiple times Eva thought I died. Like, you literally just stopped moving and breathing. Just full comatose. And I was like, bye, I'm going to get free tacos from the Delta Sky Lounge. <laughs> and he was like, I guess I'm in charge of Em's life now. I know, I had a, the best time in the airport because I did fall asleep. Well, also, you woke us up at like 5 a.m. to get to the airport. I woke you up at 5 a.m. Well... So I took a nap. And I, we were late. So that's literally. <laughs> and then, okay, so I took a nap. Then Eva 
found out she checked my breathing and found out I was still awake. And then she went to go get me a muffin and my favorite iced tea before I woke up. So I woke up to a great snack and then we went shopping in Canada. It I was mean, a blast. You're welcome, by the way, is what I'm trying to get at here. <laughs> All right. I, um, I still have a second thing. Oh, go ahead. Wait, can I also just on top of your first thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also got recognized the other day. Oh, really? At a coffee shop. I, th- I texted you guys about it, I think. Oh, yes, you did. And you did. Um, I the person I think her name was Becca. I forgot to double check, but I think her name is Becca. And she was like, are you Christine from That's Why You're Drink? And I was like, yeah, I am. Nice to meet you. And I was with my friend Devin, who I hadn't seen in ages. And so she's like, what the Devin, hell? Devin, is- your college Devin? No, no, no. A different oh. Devin. And I was like, she was like, what the hell is going on? And um, Becca, she was like, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was you. And then I heard what you were talking about. Uh, I heard you talking about whether Bryceless Pieces was still alive. And I was like, yep, that's Christine. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I cannot stop myself in public. She was across the thing, too, like across the courtyard. She could fucking hear me talking about missing persons cases. And she's like, yeah, I heard your subject matter. What was really awkward. Wow, we just sound like such bragging dicks right now. Not but... really. I, I clear, I mean, I've made it very clear I'm not an enjoyable person to speak to in public. I'm so to, sorry uh, to everybody. I went to, when I went to... Um, what is it universal to go to the jurassic ride last week yeah i was i went with a group where i didn't know anybody except one person and he was explaining oh, i thought it was just you two it was us and then he brought two people oh my god so they didn't know anything about me and he uh mentioned like oh the first time we hung out em got recognized and it like blew my mind and i was trying to be like no 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 that doesn't happen a lot doesn't right. happen a lot and the second i was like no it doesn't happen a lot someone came Are up and serious? recognized me in front of the two of I'm them i'm telling you and you guys were it's t- just we're talking about it because it's still such a novelty. It blows our mind like, that not, people even know who we are. We're not like, oh, this happens all the time. Because I'll go like a long time without it happening. And then all of a sudden I'm like, how does everyone know what I look like all of a sudden? It always happens in bursts. Like, yes, sometimes it, it does. Allison had the nerve recently to be like, I haven't noticed you get recognized in a while. Ha, ha. And I was like, yeah, well, I guess my career has gone to I shit. Think my brother, and then all of a sudden like three people recognize me. I think my brother thinks I'm making it up because still to this day, he has not like been around me when it's happened. Oh, really? Um, and he's like, I need to witness this. So if you ever <laughs> see me with my brother, please say something. And pretend you don't know who he is <laughs> to make me feel better. Uh, okay, the second sorry, thing I on. wanted to say was uh, a selfish thing about you. Uh, I'm oh. owed a present. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Wait, that's on my list. Give. Uh, okay. Yep. Okay. Give um, <laughs> his gift from Blaze. Okay. So I, I just the only reason I say that for people who are not in the room with us, the last three times yeah. that I've been here, Oops. Christina said like, oh, don't go in that room. I have a present for you. And I. I didn't think anything of it because I was like, oh, she'll probably give it to me on the show. Yeah, I forgot. And then all three episodes, I haven't gotten it. So I wrote it for you so you wouldn't forget. I wrote it in the last three notes that I did and I still didn't do it. And (laughs) Blaze is so mad at me because this is your birthday gift from Blaze and he bought it like for your birthday. And I still, and that was, by the way, like (laughs) almost two months ago. And every time he's like, what did Em think? And I was like, oh yeah, that. (laughs) I like the bag. Very galaxy. Very galaxy. Also, um, I didn't have any tissue paper, so... Also, okay. he made me wrap it, so whatever. He made you put it in a bag. Should I? Oh. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry. That was terrible. Speaking. It fell upside down. Uh, this is. So. You can wear this the next time I leave you in. Uh, in Canada? In Canada. In their one airport. Let me get the microphone next to my mouth. Oh, he just. A thousand percent. Look at the bottom. He's very excited about the bottom of the, the <gasps> bill. Wow. <laughs> wow. He deserves to have been very excited about that because like, i am don't too. give it don't give it to em on air and i was like no i want to no I, we don't do it any other way we at this point okay so this is a snapback that just says canada 
It's a bright red hat. Says Canada in white. Has a white lid. Oh my god! Both dogs just walked in. I'm so sorry. They heard Canada and they want to wear the half birds, but they're not gonna. No, they heard plastic oh. wrapping. Come here, Geo. Come say hi to the fans. Come here. Come on. Come Can on. you guys hear him breathing? <laughs> Can you hear him panting? Um, it is a red and white snapback that says Canada, and on the bottom of the lid is the Canadian flag. So it's like kind of losing my mind. Subtle, but like not really. (laughs) It's exactly what I want. Oh, I'm so excited. Can I wear it to dinner tonight? (laughs) Yes. Also, Christine and I are going on a dinner date after this. Isn't that precious? Never happens. What if we get recognized? We're not going to get recognized. Well, never say never. We've talked too much about it. All right. I'm very excited about this. I will say thank you to him after the show. Anyway, so that's that was bound to happen eventually. You want to put it on Jill? Oh, it looks good on him. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. Anyway, what do you have to say? So that was my first thing on the list. And thank you, Blaze. I'm glad that we checked that off. Um, Okay, so this is um, an emergency SOS um, broadcast. I want to have that music or that sound in it where it's like... Oh. There we go. Okay. That was like good. It was like like, an alert something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like the system is shutting down. Um, What's going on? I... So I don't even know if they still listen to the podcast. So if they don't, I'm going to look like a fool. Um, and they're gonna take. This is gonna take them totally by surprise. Becca and Beth, who work at Purple Toad Winery, are mm. you out there? Because one time you gave me a, a t-shirt and a wine glass, and then you mailed two bottles of wine to my house. And the t-shirt and the wine glass are like for whatever reason my favorite. Christine actually wears I wear all the time. All the time, and the wine glass is like my favorite wine glass. With a little toad on it. It's super cute. Anyway, so this is this winery, and I went back in our old emails, and I found like the month that they shipped it and like they were at our nashville show i believe Mm -hmm. and i like watched the old gift video like i went through all this mystery solving because i dropped the wine glass and shattered everywhere oh my god and i was like i almost cried and i was like i don't have another wine glass that i like as much as my purple toad wine glass then i went on the website and they only they don't sell it they only sell beer glasses right now shit so So you had an exclusive gift i guess and i'm i'm not asking you to send me another one i'm asking how (laughs) do i buy one because i really want one (laughs) And I'm actually thinking of buying the long sleeve tee anyway, because it's really cute. Um, but I went on the website and I was like, does eBay have it? I don't know. But so if Just you a know desperate frenzy. where I can freaking buy this wine glass, please let me know because I lost your email address. Anyway, all sorry, right. that's a really psychotic thing to just to say, but <laughs> you're really just going through all of your avenues, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Every channel you can think Emergency of. Emergency broadcast. Um, also, I wanted to give a ghosty update. Mm. I was listening to Jim Harold the other day. And um, I'd listened to, like, six episodes in a row because I have his app. <laughs> I was listening to, like, all the back from, like, 2011. And um, I was home alone for the first time in a long time. And all of a sudden I heard this crashing noise. And I was like, oh, God, what did the cat do? And I look over and the cat and the two dogs are both just, like, laying in the dining room. Oh, and I'm like, boy. is somebody in the house? Like, I, like it was loud. And then and all of a sudden... in the same room? No, so I was in the kitchen making dinner. Okay. And I had headphones on, and then I hear this, like, banging, crashing, smashing, like, this long, long... Like, a clearly, it, it, you need to... It kept going. It wanted you to hear it. Yeah, yes. something okay. was happening. And I was like, okay, either somebody is in the house, the cat did it, or I don't know or what's the, going or on. Or it's the apocalypse. Or Walt is pissed. It's the big one. And then I was like, I looked up whether the... Okay. So, <laughs> I glance over, the cat is, like, on the table, like, on high alert, but he's been sleeping. The dogs are laying down, so, like, they haven't been fucking around. So I like cautiously sneak into the living room and there's this lamp I have down there. And so the lamp has somehow like thrown itself over. It's it's Shut on the ground up. sideways. 
But then, and I'm like, okay, I guess it could have tipped over. Like, I don't know. And then behind it was like this, you know, that little table by the couch where put, we put our mail on it. Yeah. And it's like, it's just upside down. That is some poltergeist shit. Like it was Absolutely upside not. Upside down. That and happened like, here? Yeah, in the living room. Dude, like two days firm ago. pass. I posted about it on Instagram. I took a picture because I was like, I'm not touching it. I took a picture and I was like, I didn't do this. Where's the picture? I put it on Instagram. You did? We ha- we just had this conversation. I also I just like, learned that M doesn't follow me on Instagram. I, I, by technical standards, I do. <laughs> I just don't know what's wrong with me. I just never see your pictures, apparently. Um, Hang on. M has more important things to do on the internet. It's fine. Uh, but so, anyway... Oh, it, it was in a story. Yeah, it's oh, long, it's I was long like, gone. But I was like, where is it? I'll send you the photo. But Okay, yeah, because that's bananas. I'm, that's truly poltergeist I'm not kidding. Like, it, the table was, like, the four legs were in the air. Like, it was, oh. and I was like, if it had tipped over, it would have just tipped over. Like, it yeah. wouldn't have gone upside down. And then I hear all this beeping noise and the freaking remote for my new Roomba. Yeah. <laughs> so the Roomba's, like, stuck and, like, beeping and smashing into things just like went off by itself well the remote fell off of the table everything fell off the table and so there's like mail everywhere the lamp is on the ground it was very disturbing and i was like "Uh uh-oh um and i don't know what the hell i did or what happened but the dog you awoke and right and then the rest of the night like i took pictures that i'll show you later i didn't post them like i was sitting on the couch and i was like i don't know what to do and junie was sitting like on the top of the couch and was just like doing that scary cat like stare where he was like hunched up and in like pounce mode and his tail was flicking and his eyes were huge and he was just staring directly into the living room absolutely and i opened the window to be like oh he loves he did not even flinch when i opened the window like he wouldn't stop staring and i was like i have to go upstairs um anyway i don't know what the fuck happened but it scared the crap out of me and i posted it and then jim harold messaged me like sorry to awaken the spirits and i was like thanks a lot jim (laughs) jesus thanks jim thanks hashtag thanks jim so that's my other ghosty update i feel like the more i talk about it the more it's going to keep happening which maybe i'll sacrifice myself for the podcast i don't know well also um oh my god okay sorry geo moved and i lost my mind um (laughs) uh what was i gonna say oh he's terrifying me um the i'm losing it oh i don't know if it's necessarily you talking about it but i mean in poltergeist scenarios right it does something just to test if it can gradually increase itself oh great that was pretty not gradual it was well like it's so like you saw a shadow walk by like, or a full-blown person walk by. Oh my god, and you're right. that didn't freak you out, so now it's testing the water to see how far it can get away with. Well, I mean... I mean, this is only two standalone instances, but in the world of Poltergeist, right. it's usually... It sees what it... How far it can go. What the fuck? Why is it waiting so long? I lived here, like, almost two years now. Does I, that happen? S- someone might have sent us something that... Oh, I didn't even think about that! I That, wait, that was also when I was talking about that ghost horse thing. Remember that? Yeah. The doll with the horse and the... Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, wait, you're right. Oh, my God. We've gotten some spooky stuff recently. People have really been, like, upping their game yeah. and trying to Talk scare about us. about testing gradually. Yeah. We whether got, they can scare us. We have recently gotten some really like scary fright- shit. Like, frightening. Like, like, oh, God, I'm upset. I'm scared. Like... Just stick with the candy and, and like, the nice cards. The Cheesecake Weekly, maybe? Yeah. If you work at Cheesecake Factory and want to send us something in the gift video, you can. But, no, people have been starting to send us some stuff to... To get, get under to get the skin, the, you know? To get the emotions rising, and it has worked. And we always open them in that room, so I don't know. Anyway. It, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. We always... 
the stuff always begins in that room and it stays and in that closet <laughs> if if like if i put it away it goes in the shelves in the closet the real ghost adventure would be staying <clears throat> a night in that closet also that closet is creepy as hell because it's a little crawl space and then it has like one of those old timey lights that you have to pull the string Ugh, and you pull it and then all of a sudden the light comes on and there's a face in there with you. <laughs> okay yeah, so that happened and that's all i have to say but i figured a ghosty update was uh terrifies yeah terrifies me yeah i've been having a lot of really awful i'm afraid to say it out loud because i don't want to like invoke anything i know i feel like i just did that too i feel like i've been having a lot of dreams recently that oh, are no. very i don't know if they're necessarily like demonic dreams but they're dreams with a demonic theme Oh, God. And it really is eating at me. I've been waking up a lot at three in the morning. Oh, God. This is why I usually have insomnia and stay up until three in the morning just you to don't beat have that it. problem. Yeah. But now Allison's making me wake up at seven all the time. So now I've been waking up in the middle of the night. So this is all Allison's fault. It really is. <laughs> if it weren't for her stupid foot, I would be able to beat the ghosts at 3 a.m. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, so thank you for... Uh, sticking through all that guys i hope you're still here because if you skipped forward you missed a ghosty update you did by now you've probably heard about burrow a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs durable materials and details that make life in your space easier last year they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line which i love and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection for example dunes offers seating dining and lounger options while scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric and i think i'm gonna get two of those for the balcony blaze and i love to sit out there in the evenings after leona goes to bed and i love the idea of having a good looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside made of durable materials made for all seasons weather resistant teak stainless alloy and quick dry stain resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department Love that thing. And that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
I guess we should do our stories now. We should. Okay. Here's the thing about my story. I'm going to tell you all about it. So, well, obviously that's my thing about. <laughs> I'm going to do a whole little preamble though. So this story, I was last night. I got into my own head and I was like be, being very crafty and doing my own thing. And so I waited until the last minute to do my notes for today. And first I first time that's ever happened. First time ever. I tell you what. <laughs> And so I was like, oh, I need to pick a story that's, like, going to be, like, really quick to research. Right, right. So I found this random story. Never heard of it. And I was like, oh, it seems like it's pretty straightforward. Straight like, I'm just going to, like, I'll just do sure. notes on this. And then I realized that, like, apparently there's a lot of, there's a lot of websites that only specifically talk about different parts of the story. So, like, there's no oh, one. so you have to put it together yourself? Yeah. Oh. Like, the main, I'll tell you when I get to this part in the story, I'll tell you what I thought was going to be the whole sure. story and what was going to take five minutes to research. But then I found out that there were different websites that like were very dedicated to things that had nothing to do with that. So I found out the hard way yeah. after compiling all these notes. And then I was like trying to start breaking them down. I was like, this is the least straightforward story I've ever done in my life. Oh, no. So it took me a long time. I've worked on it all day. It's now six o'clock at night and I was supposed to get here an hour earlier. And I asked Christine if we could push it back. So I was still doing that. So I tried very hard to make this as concise as possible, but there was so much information that I'm going to do my best. But okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if even I'm confused at some points. So, um, this is another alien story. I've been on a UFO kick lately. Okay. Um, and this is not an American story. Oh, making it Making it special today, because I feel like I covered a lot of, like, American military stuff recently. Right, right. So this is um, a story in Brazil. This is the, really should have just learned the word okay. and all that research. I don't know how you would pronounce oh, God, this. God, I don't either. Varginha? I literally don't know Portuguese at all, so. Varginha. Okay. Well, it's a V-A-R-G-I-N-H-A. I know the word gin in there. That's what I know. And the word ha. <laughs> good job so, it sounds like virginia yeah so we're gonna call it the virginia ufo and so bringing it back to <laughs> back america to, back to u.s soil <laughs> we um, don't like to leave unless it's the one airport in canada but it exactly but so uh this is the apparently the best known case in brazilian ufology one it's also one of the most credible extraterrestrial sightings in brazil if not the world okay i'm interested it's lots of I would I don't know if I would go so far as to say evidence here because none of it is like definitely uh, a fact but there's a lot of witness testimonies. Okay. So this town is in Minas Gerais, Gerais? Oh, oh dear god, I don't know. It's in Brazil. And it has a 100,000-ish population. Um it is a the town is now considered the Roswell of Brazil. Really? Um, and the creature is, like, apparently Brazil's version of E.T. Like, if there were a real version of E.T. Um, so I'm going to say the word reporters a lot. But what I mean is uh, most of my information came from three people. Um, and they were, like, reporters because they either got interviews with people after the fact or they were trying to be really sneaky and record things, like, in real time. Oh. Um, so one person was Dr. Rodriguez. Another, I'm saying, I'm not even going to go into first names because it's just, I know I can pronounce Rodriguez and I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> so Dr. Rodriguez, Mr. Pacassini. And then uh, there's another guy named Dr. Roger Lear. Okay. And the three of them... From what I could tell, they had the most thorough 
investigations and they interviewed as many people as they could. They had awesome testimonies from like the military and medical documents and witnesses, like civilian witnesses. Um, one of them also wrote a book. I'll get into all that. But so when I say reporters, I basically mean one of these three. Okay. Okay. So they just gave the most thorough information. So the entire incident mainly happened on uh, January 20th in 1996. Um, but I'm going to start a week before on January 13th. Um, this could be related. Ooh. It might preamble. not be. Yeah. Okay. It's like a you choose your own. Make your own decision on this because it's just weird that it happened. Okay. I'm excited. I think it just to me, it makes the most sense that it is <laughs> that it connected, that it's connected. Okay. Because a, a lot of, well, I'll just say. Okay. So on January 13th, a guy named Carlos, he was driving on uh, the highway and he lit, just diving right in, saw a UFO falling from the sky. Falling. Falling as oh, if like no. it like was not functioning and just plummeting to the earth. Okay. Um, I really hope I'm saying it right. Varginha? Varginha? Um, near the town. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he saw a UFO falling from the sky into the town. I think it's town. like, like... Are um, their G's silent? I don't know, but isn't that like Enya? Like, don't they pronounce it like... Varginha? Something like that? <laughs> I don't know. call it town V. Portuguese has such different sounds than like Spanish and English. <laughs> We're going to call it town V. Not that I can speak Spanish either. <laughs> what am I talking about? Okay, go ahead. Uh, so he uh, followed it. He followed the UFO to see where it crashed um, and also to see what it was because he wasn't sure if it was a UFO or not. Right. And when he found the crash site, he st just stumbled upon it looking, looking for it, not knowing if he would find anything. And not only did he find the UFO crashed on the ground, but he found army and military police already at Ooh, the scene. Wow. So they were quick. They were like following it. Oh, so they, OK, they knew. I guess. Or they just appeared out of nowhere. But so Carlos reportedly saw gray broken metal pieces of a machine spread across the ground. Mm -hmm. And the second a soldier saw him, uh, he was told that he needed to leave and forget everything he saw. Oh, my God. Diving oh, my right in. God. Oh, my God. So a military witness, um, which you're going to hear that a lot. A lot of people said that they didn't want to be mentioned. Um, I don't blame them. Yeah. Especially if you're in the military and you're like clearly oh, on like a secret operation completely a military witness said that he was present during the ufo that had crashed being loaded onto a truck and he was part of the debris retrieval team and he reportedly said that the material was quote twisted and lightweight oh, fun fact there are also rumors that a creature was actually shot crawling <gasps> out of the ufo oh my god excuse me i just burped out of fear um <laughs> There are also rumors that a creature was shot crawling out of the UFO before they began cleaning. So I guess just to like, I don't know. I don't know. They just killed it. They just killed it. Not Didn't ask it questions. That's horrible. The So the idea so far is that this is the first group of aliens, because there's another story that happens on January 20th. Oh, right. I forgot this wasn't the main story. <laughs> so this is the first group of aliens that crash landed here. And if there were any survivors, they were stranded and ran off from the UFO. Okay. So uh, that was Oops. a week before. I just spilled all the <laughs> Sorry. I just poured that all over myself for no fucking reason. Okay. We've hit the hour where that sun is in the sun <laughs> in the uh, oh, no! in the ceiling. I in don't the know. Sunlight? Like, in the, the sunlight is in the ceiling. I can't, I can't focus. <laughs> it's so bright in my eyes. I just feel like I wet my pants because I poured my Starbucks into my lap. Cool, man. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Christine. Oh, I like that. That's always fun, isn't it? Yeah. Christine stole my trick. I get a couple scoops of strawberries in my tea at uh, Starbucks. No, I see. Yep. And Christine just ate it all in one mouth. Well, otherwise it would go in my lap. So, uh, in theory, that was the first fleet of aliens, I guess. And they crash landed and ran away. So that was January 13th. January 20th was basically um, bananas from minute one. Okay. Starting at midnight. So like fresh into January 20th. Oh, super. Uh, Apparently, uh, NORAD, which is the North American Air Defense Command, contacted uh, Syndacta, which is Brazil's version of NORAD. Um, North American Air Defense Command. Okay. How do you say it? NORAD. That doesn't make sense, does it? North American Ad Air Defense. Oh, I'm so stupid. No, you're right. That's what an acronym is like, supposed to be. Right. They, okay, they did sorry. what they fucking wanted to. Um, I tried to spell it out in my head. No, big I, mistake. Trust me, I had to think about it too. I was like, that literally doesn't spell no red. Uh, it spells NAD. That's what I was like. Damn, they're not very good at this. <laughs> it's like God, they're in charge of our defense team. <laughs> So, NORAD contacted Syndacta, which is Brazil's version of NORAD. Oh, okay. And said, hey, just so you know, a UFO is approaching you. (laughs) Hey, just a heads up. And keep in mind, for those who are new here, UFO does not always mean an alien. It literally means unidentified flying objects. So, they were just like, hey, Brazil, something's coming at you. We don't know what it is. It just stopped by. It's on its way. Well, apparently, Brazil took it seriously because... uh, the second the, that the UFO entered Brazilian airspace, which I don't know how you define those lines, um, Syndacta alerted the Brazilian Army Command and ordered that the Brazilian military be on high alert. Oh, shit. They were okay. like, we're not taking any chances, which is cool. I would feel the same way. I'd like to feel safe in Brazil. Right. And they are doing it. When You'd I, like to feel safe in Brazil. Where they're like, Good. oh, there's anything at all that we don't know about? Lock it down. Yep. So this correspondence between NORAD and Syndacta was actually leaked by a member of the Brazilian Air Force and an employee at the American Air Force Base. Both of them leaked this communication. So it is out there for people to hear. Like, hey, there's a UFO coming really? your way. And so the idea now is that this is the second fleet of aliens. So there was the first one last week. That got shot. That Someone got shot, maybe. And then, uh, and then this is like the second UFO, big UFO. Oh my gosh, they can't get you a break. So, only an hour later, another event happens. Oh boy. Um, an hour later, some uh, different articles were saying between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m., but most of them said 1. So, an hour after this call to Brazil, um, there's a farmhouse in Town V, um, and a couple named Oralina and Eurico. So they were a couple that lived on the farm, and they heard their cattle freaking out and running back and forth and being oh, really loud. Yeah, that and, doesn't seem normal. Yeah, they were really freaked out, especially at 1 a.m. Yeah. And so Orlina uh, was quoted saying, I went to the window to look. The cattle were running. Then I saw it passing by. It was a big gray object that had smoke and lights, but no noise. It was very low and was lowering more and more. <gasps> It was large, the size of a bus. Oh, my God. When some with some things moving on it. It was long, cylindrical, almost like a cigar, hovering <gasps> just a little higher than the trees. Wow. And a UFO is usually described as a cigar shape, so that's pretty on top of it. Yeah. Also, um, I do want to say a lot of these quotes are translated. Oh, sure. Um, I didn't translate them. I, f- <laughs> I found them this way. But what if you did, you just like made up what you wanted it to but, say. Uh, well, yeah, that'd be it. <laughs> but a lot of this is, um, it's, I'm going to read it 
and paraphrase it because a lot of it is translated into kind of broken English. Okay. So I'm just, if you don't find the exact quote online, it's because I'm paraphrasing. Sure, sure. Um, so she saw like, no big deal, a bus sized cigar UFO with a bunch of lights and smoke hovering above the trees, freaking out her cattle. And she also later said that when they went outside to look at this thing, the light shining down on the UFO shined onto her husband for like only a second. And it left him with this burn <gasps> on his chest and legs for days. <gasps> So like some and really it was intense power from, from the UFO. Yeah. Oh, oh, I don't know if it was like a like a laser or a radar. I just I don't know what it was, but the light burned him. Jeez. Um, only a couple hours later, after that was at nine a.m., which all this whole story was confirmed by senior firemen and first responders that were like the witnesses that yeah. were there. So they all confirmed the story, although they were off record. So this is one of those stories where one of the reporters I mentioned. Yeah. They were asking these questions in real time, and whenever the cameras weren't on, the these witnesses were, like, willing to say something. Okay. But the second that any recording equipment sure. came out, they were like, nothing's going on here. Like, Ooh. they were really scared to tell the truth. Yeah. So, off the record, quote, this whole story was confirmed by people who were actually there. Mm. Um, so, at 9 o'clock, only eight hours after it was seen on the farm... A fire department in the area was called about a strange animal walking in the woods. No. So the firemen saw that it was not just a random strange animal. It apparently had deep red brown skin, was very thin. It seemed hurt and it smelled awful. <gasps> what the hell? They knew it was not an animal that they'd ever seen. So they reported it to the army commander because apparently they're the Brazilian army's headquarters is only in the next city over. Oh, okay. So they were like, well, that's convenient. Let's call them and have Seriously, them look at this. this is their problem. So their army truck came into town, took over the scene, captured the creature. What? And while it was still alive, put it in a box covered in resistant fabric so that it couldn't escape. Yeah put the box on top of the truck and drove away oh. and and everyone involved they said do not talk about this to anybody i hope they didn't hurt it you never find out what happened to that oh god i'm sure they hurt it oh no so they've potentially shot one and it's been confirmed they took one while and we're all scared of aliens they should be right. scared of us so uh they drove it off uh they drove it away and told anyone involved do not talk about this to anybody okay so of course everyone was like off the record, I can't talk about this, however, and then said all this stuff. So right. the interesting part of the witness accounts is that a lot of the witnesses said that some of the military they saw were Americans. What? So we suck yet again. We um, just can't get out of anybody's business, I <laughs> no. guess. Uh, but another fireman who also talked to one of the reporters was giving more of like a, a detailed version of what he saw instead of just like, oh, they came and picked it up and then left. He really went into detail and said that soldiers jumped out of the trucks as if they were on a mission. Mm -hmm. He saw them go into the woods and he heard two gunshots. And only a couple minutes later, the soldiers came out carrying two big bags. <gasps> um, both of the bags went onto the military truck. One of them was holding something that didn't move at all, but the other bag was moving. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. So either one is incredibly injured or dead. Wait, this is different from the box? This is on top of... This is other than the box. Okay, so there so are other three. creatures. Okay. Uh, oh my god, this is horrible. So... Oh god, they're coming for us. <laughs> I knew. They know I'm talking about they're it. They're gonna put me in a box. The Echo fucking told them, like, by the way, on Sunday, you're gonna hear this coming out. <laughs> um, so the firemen said that they went to the woods, 
He heard two shots. The soldiers came out carrying two bags. One of them was moving. They put them on the truck with the other one that was in a re- resistant oh, got it. free okay. or resistant fabric box. The military vehicles were spotted by countless witnesses throughout the city that morning, oh, confirming that they were there. It's not like just these firemen saw them come in to grab this thing and then drive away. Sure. So many people in this city saw it. So regardless of whether or not there was an alien, it is confirmed by hundreds, yeah, literally yeah, hundreds yeah. of people that these military vehicles were yeah, right. out of their jurisdiction. So they took something seriously. Yes. Very seriously. Uh, wow, that is crazy. Okay. So these witnesses, like I said, were very excited to tell the account to reporters. But once the reporter took out a video camera, the same firemen that were st- saying all these details very quickly went to saying, I saw nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame them. So they literally saw them shoot right. the creature and put it on a truck and drive away. Right, right, right. Uh, so then the same day, so that, that's three events that got. I call- mean, they didn't see it. They didn't see they anything. They didn't see anything to at be all. clear. Right. Uh, so NORAD called this in to Brazil. Okay. An hour later, it was on the farm. Yeah. A couple hours later, this whole scenario happened. That one guy got a sunburn. Exactly. Uh-huh. And uh, only two hours later is what happened at three o'clock that day. Okay. So this is what I thought was the whole story, this, oh. this part, which is like such a small part now. I see. But when I was reading through the like the first like 10 articles, this was the first thing that everyone sure. told in the story. And I was like, oh, this sounds pretty straightforward. So this is the part that I thought was going to be the whole episode. Here it is. At three o'clock, which now I now knowing about the backstory, I know that this was actually only a few blocks away from where the military vehicles picked something up in the woods. Okay. Backstory there. So a few blocks away from that, there were three girls between 14 and 22. Two of them were sisters named Lillian and Valkyria. I'm going to call her Valkyrie because that's fucking badass. And their friend Katya. They all three of them were walking home. And they decided they were going to take a shortcut to get home. Always a bad choice. Never take a shortcut. Um, Unless you're really tired and lazy like me. <laughs> and really want to see an alien. <laughs> or that. So uh, they took a shortcut on their way home through the woods. They stumbled upon one of the creatures. Um, oh, God. That's... They gave the most specific description of the creature. <gasps> oh, my God. Okay. They said it was bipedal, dark red brown skin. A lot of these things also match with what the firemen were saying. Too, right. Okay. Who like the firemen saw it and then it got taken away. So that right. means there's something else in the woods that these girls saw that looks the, exactly the same as the one that got shot. So they might or have taken missed away. some of the creatures. Yeah. Okay. So in theory, there's some that got away. Okay. And then these girls found another one. Oh, dear. Bipedal, brown skin, big red eyes. Oh, God. An abnormally large head, a very thin body, very thin arms, it had its hands being hugged in its legs, almost like it was cold or something. Oh. Um, it had V-shaped feet. Ooh. Veins in its skin. Its skin looked wet. Oh. Uh, it had three bumps that almost looked like they were horns coming in on three different parts of their head. Interesting. And apparently they were very wobbly and they seemed either injured or sick. So everyone is saying that these things look like they're in distress. Oh my God, they probably don't know how to live in human earth climate. Well, also, they might all be survivors of a crash. crash so yeah. they might be like really fucked up. They sure. might be concussed and shit or like <laughs> their, ver- their version, their version of concussed. Um, yeah, especially if it's like cold. Maybe they're not from a. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. I didn't think or about if they're that. wobbly, maybe they're not used to. Maybe they're having Our like gravity. <laughs> I was gonna say, what if they're having uh, what we had in Detroit or Salt Lake? Where oh we? my god! 
Altitude sickness. Detroit. Not Detroit. Denver. Denver. Fuck. The thing where we were Canada, sick as I don't shit. Know. We were For the people who weren't at that show, we were sick as dogs on that stage. Oh, God. We were like... I thought for sure I was going to vomit in front of, like, hundreds of people. Like, just picture, I was drinking coconut water instead of wine. That's how sick I was. I was like, <laughs> I can't do this. I was eating nothing. That's yeah. how serious it was. Yeah. That's, yeah. I was like, please don't come near me at all. <sighs> and we were... Christine and I were like, all right, five minutes till we have to be funny. <laughs> yeah. We were struggling hardcore. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, that so basically we were like this guy. We were this guy actually. Let's Denver is is our weird earth. Yeah, we like to relay everything to uh, to ourselves, obviously. So yep, there you go. Makes a lot of sense. So Katya's personal description of it was: it was brown, it was crouched down, but it was short. I had the impression that it was something very mushy. Looked like it was going to pop, and had very (laughs) soft skin and red eyes that stared at us. The red eye, because you picture just like red. That freaks me out, dude. It moved very fast. <gasps> I don't like that. But it cannot be a human being or an animal. No. Lillianne said it was the ugliest thing I'd ever oh, seen. Well, which, that's not very nice. Well, that's how I feel about you. So <laughs> can relate, Lillianne. Such a dick. Uh, so <laughs> apparently it was leaning against a wall. It's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Good one. Did you write that into your notes? I did. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I was like, I remember reading that line and I was like, it's not important, but I'm gonna keep that shit in because I know to. So, uh, it was apparently leaning against a wall when they walked past it. It looked like it was in distress. And apparently this is a quote. It's head appeared to be wobbling alarmingly on its shoulders. Wow. Which makes me think of like that scary story we were all told where like if you pull the girl's ribbon on her neck, her whole yep. head rolls off. Yep. Yep. Scary stories to tell in the dark. Can you imagine if you ran into a fucking alien and he pulled a ribbon off of his neck and his head rolled away? Can you imagine running into How an you alien even... and he's like wearing a ribbon and you're like, why are you wearing a ribbon? You're an alien. I guess the real thing is, can you imagine running into an alien? But can you he's imagine? accessorizing. You never think like, what if the alien does something even weirder? It's like you just stop at alien. What if there's two stories to that? I saw an alien and his head rolled off. I mean, I always think of the weirder stuff like what if he, you know, probed me or like. Right. Or That's like classic. Incapacitated though. me or like. I'm trying to bring childhood fear into this. Oh, we love to bring back our childhood fears. What if like you like go to open your girlfriend's door uh-huh. and on the car and there's like a hook, you know? Oh, God. Do you remember that story? Yes. That one, that one always got me. Also, no wonder you're having all these nightmares. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Actually, I think I have a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. we, I think we both do. So, where are we? Oh yeah, his head's gonna fall off his shoulders. He's accessorizing. So the girls obviously run away. They go and tell their mom, and they say that they think they saw the devil. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that would be what you think, right? They're like, not off. Yeah. Um. So the mom was like, okay. "Can you imagine the two of them were like, I saw the devil,' and the one's like, I just saw the ugliest." <laughs> It was Megan! Fucking Megan mean girl. Honestly, ugliest smelled like a fucking corpse. Thank you. It's literally what I keep thinking of. They think they saw the devil. I just thought garbage. So um, (laughs) And that ribbon was so last season. (laughs) It looked frayed, like he didn't even really want to pull it off. Oh my god. Okay. So the sisters ran and told their mom, said they saw the devil. The mom was like, I don't believe you. So she (laughs) <laughs> goes not us not us <laughs> she goes and follows them to where they saw it cause she's like show me this devil and uh when they got there obviously the creature was gone but the mom reported smelling a strong <gasps> ammonia like odor oh. and soft footsteps ooh v shaped v shaped so here's the thing a lot of people call bullshit on that because 
She's the only person who saw footsteps. Okay. So of all of the hundreds of eyewitness testimonies to seeing creatures, nobody else saw footsteps. Okay, interesting. And if you think about it, a V-shaped footprint is the Vulcan symbol. Like Star Trek. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, so you're thinking maybe that's where... So people think like, okay, so maybe there's just an alien enthusiast who's just using like the Vulcan symbol to say it's a footprint. Oh. It's just too weird. Oh, you mean like and put it in the ground? Yeah. Oh, but if she's the only one who saw it, why would she need to put it in the ground? I think people think it's like or, dramatic flair in a story of like, sure. oh, let's make this a Star Trek reference. Okay. So I guess, yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. If someone said they time traveled and but saw also, a flux capa- hmm. capacitor, I'd be like, you're, you're priming me here. I see. Okay. So, uh, where are we? Devils. Oh yeah. So they... Never found the actual creature again. However, when they were looking around, they were like, Mom, this is exactly where we were. Um, And they were swearing by this creature that they saw. A nearby worker came up and said, are you guys talking about that weird animal? (laughs) It just got taken away. What? Okay. So someone else also witnessed it. So the theory is that between the crash site that happened over a week ago and the, it's called the Jardim Andere Park. It's a park. Uh, between the crash site and the park area where both the firemen and the girls saw this creature, there's the only thing in between that space is six miles of woods. Oh. So they think that a lot of these creatures survived the crash. They got hurt, but they've just been living in the woods this whole time. And now some of them are starting to venture out and that's why they're on the other side of the woods in this park. And the woods aren't scary enough as it is. Let's just add some creatures to it. So, uh, now it's nighttime. Two things happen January 20th at night. So I'm going to say the second thing first, cause it's shorter. And the, the first thing that happens deserves more time. Okay. So at the very end of everything, there is a, um, a huge storm, apparently a storm to like remember in the city. Mm-hmm. And after the storm, there was a biologist who worked at a zoo named Layla and she went to go check on the animals because of how sure. bad the storm was. So she went to the zoo and an employee told her, hey, just so you know, firemen came here with a very weird animal and <gasps> told me that they want they would only leave it here if you were here. And since she wasn't there, the firemen just left with it. And we don't know what happened to the what? animal. Um, what? But the person who reported it said, like, I saw this thing and it was fucking weird. And they wanted to deliver it specifically to you. To the biologist? To the biologist. Okay. I guess to, like, do tests on or yeah. something. Or to, like, get her opinion or something? Yeah. Wow. So that happened at the very end. It's just, like, a coincidence that also happened. So the main thing that happened is during the storm, uh, I guess enough has happened today where Secret Service military police are now involved. Like U.S.? uh, Brazil still. I was like, aren't they with the president? So stupid. (laughs) Sorry, go on. Uh, So the Secret Service Brazilian military police are now apparently going on drive-bys looking for these can things to capture them you're living this town and like this must be so scary like these yeah. people can you imagine being told hey so now there's definitely aliens there's at least five reports right so you gotta just go start capturing them because we don't know what also, these things you're are never allowed to talk about it again right right also it's going to be traumatic Ugh. and you don't get to describe it Ugh. imagine what secret secret service um psychologists no. can you imagine or priests <laughs> oh my god yeah or like the 32nd level freemasons <laughs> so um the secret service military police are driving on the uh, or they're driving around all of town but when they get to the street where the three girls saw something earlier that day there's one specific car 
with a military officer named Marco Cherez. And he was one of the officers in the car driving on that street. And something jumped out in the front of his car. Okay. So ironic, it's in the exact same place. And sure. only a couple blocks away from where the, mil- where the military was just shooting them down earlier. Okay. So he gets out of his car to see what just stopped in front of it. And he sees a creature right in front of him. Oh, no. And in a panic without gloves or security equipment or, or anything, he just grabs it with his bare hands. What? No! <laughs> he just fucking grabs it. Wrong answer. Drags it into the car. What? Straps it down. What are you doing? And took it to the regional general hospital. Apparently, the military had already organized that this hospital, there oh. was a whole ward that was pre-isolated. Like a receiving area for these things. Yeah. So they had a whole ward, like, blocked off from yeah. civilians. Can you imagine being the nurse called down to floor five and you're like, oh, I'll just bring the IV. <laughs> it's it's like, like a bunch of weird ETs. Oh, my God. They have three concussion lumps on their head. Right. <laughs> Some of them have horns. Oh, my God. So uh, when he, so he brought, he brought it to the hospital. Right. And so that was the first hospital uh, it was at. There was another hospital got transferred to because apparently, I don't know if it was the same. There might have already been another creature at this hospital Mm -hmm. and he just happened to bring one in and witness this. I don't know how many aliens there were at this hospital. All I know is one of them ended up getting transferred to Hospital Humanitas um, for surgery on an injury presumed to be from the UFO crash. They... Someone did surgery on it? On a UFO. I want to hear that doctor's victim. story. You're about to. Because no. he did an in-depth ass you interview. You are kidding me. Oh my god. Okay, I'm ready. So this capture, just so people know, this capture by Marco was confirmed by many witnesses, both military and civilian, on taped interviews. I was hoping that wasn't real because I didn't want to think about him touching the wet skin. With his bare ass hands. Yeah, it just seems so not smart. So, okay, so apparently the surgeon that did surgery on... The creature was an orthopedic surgeon. Okay. I don't know his name. His And I should because it was in the article. But if you are looking, he did an interview with Dr. Roger Lear. Okay. And I think this was also in Dr. Lear's book. Okay. Um, but you can probably go look it up somewhere. Uh, I did. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there was an orthopedic surgeon who worked on the creature and he did an in-depth interview with Lear about his experience. During this interview, Lear also was shown, quote, several authenticated documents concerning agreements between Brazil and America, which allow any material coming from space that is found in Brazil to be turned over to the United States government. So classic USA. Classic USA. It's mine. God, just screaming bald eagle. (laughs) Give it to me. Give it. (laughs) So uh, anyway, that aside. I just couldn't leave that out. That is bananas. Okay. So the surgeon was instructed at this hospital by armed officers to, quote, begin a surgical scrub and prepare to perform a fracture reduction on a leg. They just said a leg. He fucking walked in and it was an alien fucking leg. Love it. But they said, oh, you're just going to do a surgery on a leg and we're armed officials oh, and don't worry about it. Why are we holding it. these guns? Don't worry about it. Just <laughs> it's do just it. a leg. It's just your average procedure. Don't worry. So the nurses and personnel at both hospitals, either the original one or the one that this thing got transferred to, they were all told to avoid the press and never tell their fr- their friends or family anything that happened that day. He's like, screw that. And one of them was like, <laughs> I'm going to at least say that to the press. Seriously. So the operating room was sealed off except for one guarded entrance by armed officers. And apparently the Brazilian army, they're, I guess they're known as S-2. 
Okay. S2, that's like the name for the sure. Brazilian Army Military Intelligence Division. Cool. Creepy. Um, they oversaw the surgeon performing the, on this creature's femur. Wow. It had a femur. Okay. It had a femur fracture, which he was doing Ooh, co- that hurts. corrective surgery on. My sister had that one time. Yikes. The surgeon said that the creature had skin that looked wet, but was dry to the touch. Ooh, interesting. That was my big question. Also said he had three bony horn-like protuberances on three sections across its head. Love a good protuberance. Fun fact, he had an anatomically sex-neutral body. Wow, how progressive they are. Kevin, uh, not a Kevin, a Ken doll. Ken Ken doll. doll. Uh... So a Kevin doll, <laughs> a Kevin doll. I just think of Kevin from the office with like a bowl of chili. Someone give me that as a Kevin doll. Classic Kevin. Uh, so a surgeon said that the alien could not communicate with anyone until the surgeon looked in its eyes. <gasps> what? Let's remember mid surgery. Like that's the one time you should not be looking in my eyes as if you're performing <laughs> an operation. Actually look at my eyes because if they are terrified, <laughs> that means I've woken up and you need to uh, uh, yeah, like, if, amp if, up the fucking If the alien's sedatives. eyes are open, that's problem number one. So apparently... <sighs> Could they not sedate it? I, do I it, don't know. Do its eyes close? I have so many questions. Okay. <laughs> are they still red? Do they turn blue when he's sedated? I don't know. So this doctor goes into a trance. Mid-surgery, let's no. remember. Sorry, I just shouted directly into the microphone. And he says, quote, I just had to quote this because I can't paraphrase this. He said that he felt, once he got fixated into this alien's eyes, he felt, quote... Hammer-like blows to his head. No. Chunks of information were being crammed into his mind, which he described as thought grams. What? Uh, the he hell? has never revealed everything the creature said telepathically to him, but he did say that the alien, quote, its race felt sorry for humans because we are largely detached from our spiritual selves and are unaware of the amazing things we can accomplish, which their race already has. I just got total body goosebumps. I'm not kidding. And then he had a migraine for two weeks. <laughs> the alien's like, that's not the point. <laughs> Stop complaining. You're supposed to meditate on that. So, not take Excedrin. After the surgery, the creature... W- I'm almost done, by the Wait, way. Wait, this is... Can I... I need to, like... What? I need to, like... That's just fascinating. Yeah, I really am skipping. I'm, I'm aware of how much I've been talking. I'm no, tra- no, no, no. Sorry. I'm just like, that quote just got me good. That's all. Yeah, for the alien to, like, be coming here because it feels sorry for us and we just keep shooting them down like such assholes. Exactly. They're like, we're trying to help you. Yeah, they were being little Samaritans. And now you're just, like, cutting into my femur. And now all they want to do is go home and we're operating and staring at them in the middle of it. So Leave um, us to our fiery death. We're going to implode the earth anyway. Yeah, we've asked for this. You came to help and we said, bang. You can take me, though. I'll go with you. I'll go, for sure. Oh, yeah, we'll go. Uh, So... After surgery, uh, the creature was kept there for two days. His body showed signs of completely healing within 24 hours. Like there was no sign of injury at all or surgery. Just body was healed. Which I'm confused by, though, because for a week he was walking around with like crash injuries. Maybe once he knew he was going to be healing properly, it just happens very quickly. Stay still. I don't know. Maybe once you're already in the healing process, that goes really fast. But you have to Maybe. start the healing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So there's a loophole there for me. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's a good point. A little pocket. Maybe he just needed some morphine. Maybe. <laughs> we know. all do. Maybe they react differently to drugs. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Can you imagine what we take over there, like, on oh, their planet, God, and that... we just heal in 24 hours? Oh, my God. They just look in my eyes, and I'm like, hell yeah. 
<laughs> I, they look in my eyes and I go, feel sorry for me. Yeah. <laughs> Pity me. So uh, after surgery, right, the creature was kept for two days. But on the second night, the creature died out of nowhere. No! He was becoming my fucking pal. Wait, I liked him so much and he was so kind Just died. and scared. And when he died, they were like, okay, there's a dead alien body. <laughs> there's the fucking corpse. I like how they weren't like, oh, there's a live alien body. They were like, oh shit, now there's a dead alien body. Well, so then they had to go through this huge military operation to remove the body without any civilians knowing that there was a dead alien in the hospital. Don't you dare. So, uh, are we going to get like probably tagged for this? I am. Cause men in black really freak me out. And especially after I brought them up last time, this is going to come from my IP address and I'm going to end up with <laughs> more than a lamp tipped over in my, they're going to hear my voice. And the second they run into me on the street at, che- at cheesecake, cheesecake factory, <laughs> they're gonna be like, Oh man. So, uh, a military witness, an anonymous military witness uh-huh. said that S2 or the Brazilian army military intelligence division. Yeah. They were responsible for getting the corpse onto a truck and out of the hospital. So they actually had three massive army trucks that they used to avoid even the soldiers knowing which truck had the body on it. Wow. So two of them were decoys. The trucks drove to the military facility with the body in it, um, and they drove to Campinas. And from there, they brought the body to University of Campinas because apparently that's the best institution in the country medically. And that being said, the university has never confirmed that they were involved. Wow. Uh, they've never said yes or no, but I'm going to leave their neutral opinion as they were involved. Sure. Classic Kendall move. Classic. Neutrality left and right. So for Brazil, they're being way Switzerland. So <laughs> uh, that's what I always say here. The dead body. Um, so it came from the hospital, then got into the military facility and then got brought to the university. At the university, the body was allegedly very, I say very allegedly because the person does not want to be involved in it. Okay. The body was allegedly autopsied by Dr. Palhares, who is one of the best at operating on or performing autopsies and even autopsied um, Nazi German Mengele. Oh, what? Yes. So if you guys don't know who he is, he is just the spawn of all evil. Like, truly... uh, Just, like, I would say, if not worse than Hitler, uh, equal to Hitler. Right, like, just... Just the worst version of a Nazi you can imagine. Really heinous. Really awful. Um, If you want to not sleep at all, go ahead. I was going to say, be careful what you Google, because it's really upsetting. It's It's really uncomfortable. Very dark. So, this guy autopsied Mengele, which is true. Oh, my God. So, like, allegedly... That that I know also autopsy this alien according to this article i read quite the resume (laughs) right so he yeah between nazis and aliens jesus so uh yeah so he apparently is known for autopsying mengele but it's alleged that he autopsied this alien i really stress the allegedly because apparently i really did some digging on this but there was a email sent to him in 2012 where one of the reporters was like hey what was your involvement in this Uh And this was his response via email. Unfortunately, all of the information about the ET involving my name are the fruits of fantasy authors and do not deserve any respect from me because they are liars. In all caps, he says, I did not and never was called to do absolutely anything with this matter. This is nothing concrete, reliable and material. There is nothing concrete, reliable or material about this. 
Uh, these stories about the extraterrestrial from me do not deserve credit. That is my answer. Wow. Okay. So, so from his own mouth, he's like, he's no. like, I will admit to fucking working on Mengele. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I just trust me. I did not fucking work on this alien. Interesting. Okay. Um, for the sake of a story, though, what a hook. It is a good hook, but maybe that's exactly why it's used. Yeah. So, or maybe he's really good at lying. Who knows? Who knows? Who's to say? So, uh, Dur- I and I really am almost done. I'm so sorry about this. Well, don't worry. During transferring the body out of the hospital, as you can imagine, this isn't like it didn't nobody didn't put blindfolds on and like just ignore all of the massive army vehicles going through this town <laughs> and like their hospital was blocked off and they couldn't use a right. whole ward of it. Can you so, imagine you going to labor that day? Oh my god! It's like <laughs> oh, an alien was busy using my bed. Sorry. So uh, there's a dead alien in the ner- in the maternity ward. Uh, so during the transferring the bottle, the body out of this hospital, several witnesses obviously saw a lot of military cars and a lot of military trucks. Some even saw at the Sao Paulo airport, U.S. military cargo planes coming in. Shut the fuck up. So it's presumed that they were picking up the craft and any bodies that they've captured. They were like, that's mine. Because if those documents are authentic right. that Dr. Lear discovered... They do have an agreement with Brazil that anything that falls into Brazil's property is ours. I wonder what Brazil got out of that. I don't know. Interesting. Okay. Maybe but, like we don't want this dead alien. Yeah. Maybe they like just they're <laughs> like, it. I wash my hands from this. Please. But I mean, that is interesting that these documents say that mm-hmm. there's that deal. And then, and then two suddenly, days later, after all of this alien shit happens and they have a dead one in their hospital, all of a sudden, for no reason, a bunch of Americans are flying in military planes. That's very frightening. Were they military planes? They're military okay. cargo planes. Wow. That is spooky. So naturally, like I said, many people in town were wondering where there were so many army cars, firemen, police cars in the hospital around the city in general. And it couldn't be hidden that the hospitals uh, were just swarmed with military. Right. There's only so much you can cover up. Yeah. So. And at the same time, rumors are spreading from all the witnesses that there are aliens in this fucking town. Or a devil. Or a devil. Or just like a really smelly. Or like a stinky alien. The ugliest person you've ever seen. (laughs) Guys, there's a bunch of uggos walking down the street. Look out. (laughs) That's why the military, American military showed up to take them back to the USA. I mean, isn't Brazil like the most beautiful? I mean, yeah, we must look like fucking trash. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Imagine you're in a town and there's just nothing but military vehicles. I don't like to imagine that. For all the world to see. And at the same time, you're hearing all these stories about aliens. That's very, very frightening. So things are fishy. And so they needed to come up with an explanation. And so the hospital representatives denied any involvement, even though there's literally tanks at their fucking hospital. They were probably forced to, right? Probably. Yeah. And they said that the military... So this was their explanation originally. They said that the military was exhuming a body that needed a lot of legal oversight. Uh Uh-huh. And then they should have just stuck with that because the next one is so, in my opinion, fucked up. Okay. But there, another big explanation that not only the hospital started using, but ended up being the official government statement was the reason there was a bunch of military vehicles in town and at the hospital was because a little person was giving birth. What? Does that make any fucking sense to you? Fuck. An expectant, well, they, they did not say little person. They said something that was not PC. Sure. An expectant little person 
That was the fucking that, reason. That is That's the best it. they could come up with. They had a they. It's like they thought too much on it, and they changed their their answer later, and it was a worse. Oh, answer. by the way, he also had red eyes and right. wet skin, and he was also right, right. not a little person, and he was not pregnant. Right, right. What right. are you talking about? And he was about? also not alive by the end of the story. Right. So what in the goddamn world? That's so odd. So there are other reports within this time frame of uh, like the most offensive. The world. I was like, are you just? Don't worry, it gets more offensive. The world's most offensive excuse. It gets more offensive, don't oh, okay. worry. So, um, while all these military vehicles are in town, um, and rumors of aliens are spreading, there is, uh, it got definitely, like, shoved under the rug because it was so mi- minor compared to the rest of the stuff happening in this town. But there were other reports during this time that there was another dead creature oh found lying on the side of the road. And once it was reported, three military trucks arrived with, quote, unusual haste to collect the body. Wow. So that got swept under the rug, but it, li- I mean, that's also happening. Sure. At the same time, this hospital thing is happening. Adds to the story for sure. And only a couple of weeks later, after all of this, the U.S. Secretary of State and the director of NASA both visited Brazil. Within what? Only, with only within like a couple of weeks of this happening, and there was no reason now for NASA's them to be there. involved because a little person's giving birth. <laughs> Sorry, is that what you're trying to tell me? Can you imagine being a little person giving birth and NASA shows up? I'd be like, all right. I'd be like, TLC's going to show up because it's already was... a TV show. <laughs> Not NASA. What in the goddamn world? I wish NASA would show up for anything. I do. For real, though. So uh, the next couple of months after January, after the January 20 events, um, Animals at the zoo that I mentioned earlier begin to die. Just no. drop dead. No. Wait, this is so sad. So they started, uh, this is a quote, they started to die in a very strange way. Oh, God. They just died. There was no plausible explanation. <gasps> Said were... Layla, the biologist. Wow, so it wasn't like they all contracted some illness. It was like they just died. Yeah. So she ended up sending these dead animal samples oh to be examined, sent them away to go be examined. Be like, why are these people dying? Autopsy guy who did not right. autopsy an alien or a <laughs> or, head Nazi. Right, right. <laughs> Got it. Uh, this is quite a story. He So she sent the dead animal samples and apparently all that they could come up with for the test results was an unknown toxic substance was on them. No. Oh, my God. And each animal coincidentally all had blackening in the stomach and intestines poor babies they didn't do anything wrong and here's another quote they all had the same symptoms but they were completely different species that ate completely different foods and they were on different parts of the zoo so it wasn't right so they weren't so like it was totally random it from each other it was almost like the theory is that if there was a surviving creature in the woods it was in contact with them wow and they were just dropping like flies so less than 30 days after the events, here's the other big thing. Less than 30 days, less than a month since, remember, um, Marco, the Secret Service military cop, um, found one in the middle of the oh, road. Yes, and he, yes, yes. He was the one that grabbed him with oh, his bare hands. Oh, yeah. He strangled him with the seatbelt. I remember. So he, like I said, caught him with his bare hands. And these animals are all dropping oh, shit. because oh, of skin to skin contact. What did he do? What happened to him? So because he also grabbed this with oh, his bare hands. He had skin-to-skin contact, and he also just dies with no, no he cause. Died? He is 23. 23? He just drops dead. He was a healthy 23-year-old what guy. the fuck? And within a month. What the fuck? Which is interesting, because it was within a month of him touching the yeah, creature, yeah, yeah. and the animals were f- dropping dead within a month of, of their the contract. alien. Yeah. So I wonder if anyone else, like, in the military died and Ended they just up covered pop- it up. Yeah. Or if, Maybe like, they saw a trend, and they were like, let's just start making up reasons sure i wonder if the surgeon i guess because he was 
in surgical gloves. Maybe or maybe, he didn't touch yeah. it. I don't know. He, he must be like, whoo, I'm lucky. He did touch it because he said the skin was wet, but... Dry. I'm also impressed that anyone that's had any that intense experience with an alien got to survive from the military. Oh, yeah. I, I just I, imagine you ex- you help them and perform right. surgery and then they shoot you dead. I mean, we're here, like, afraid that we're going to get in trouble. Like, right. let alone, we don't even have any involvement. So, uh... Do you hear that? We have no involvement. We have no involvement. So, Marco, the cop that dropped dead Jeez. he went into the er for back pain and test results came back to show that there was some type of poison they think they were like something something's like invading his body something toxic causal jesus and so they think maybe it was sepsis wow okay he also went in and out of nowhere it wasn't usually on his body there was a small abscess in his armpit um that they found and so they did an ablation on it and he should have been fine except only hours later he got a fever and began having gradual signs of paralysis wow oh my god and died and his death certificate states that his cause of death his death was quote toxic substance or an ebola type disease what but there's like ebola isn't just like a standalone thing like that's an pandemic problem sure. like you don't just get ebola and no one else catches An it. ebola type disease right not necessarily ebola but his uh death certificate the full report was never released to the public see that's okay um and the doc one of the doctors i was taking care of him in another in-depth interview there was a whole interview i found um of them just talking about the medical aspects of his death and what an anomaly it is and i'm not blazed so i didn't understand half of what was going on <laughs> but they were talking about it like i don't get it i don't know how really was that these were some of his quotes uh these were like the in plain english things i couldn't understand got it the doctor that worked on him said his state of health deterior- deteriorated rapidly and he died in a few hours although he had been given antibiotics soon after his admission his death had not been clarified his death has not been clarified. It still has not been. <gasps> this is the doctor saying that. Yeah. Wow. His death has not been clarified. It is a strange death without rational explanation. We gave him the best antibiotics we had and he did not get better. So there's no reason. I wonder if his own family's allowed to see the, like, or if they really. That was in the interview. Oh, really? Um, I don't remember what that was. <laughs> I remember them having like a really tough time getting the files. I think they ended up getting them. Okay. Though. Okay. Um, so in 2000 maybe redacted, maybe so in 2006, <laughs> during an interview with the, the three girls yeah. that witnessed a creature, um, they actually came out in 2006 and said that, um, in May, which I guess was like four months later, yeah. uh, there were still people approaching them trying to either get comments or whatnot, and they were going to go do an interview and uh, before they did an interview, five men yep. showed up at their house. I'm so scared of the men in black. I'm so scared of them. They off and they were wearing sunglasses. Fun fact. I mean, seriously. And they offered all three women a deal to deny everything in front of the cameras. The quote is they wanted us to deny what we had seen in front of a camera and they would pay us. What? When they were asked how much they were off, like when this reporter said, like, oh, how much were you sure. offered? Um, they didn't release the value of how much they were offered, but they said it was enough to leave Brazil. Wow. So they were like, we will literally pay you off to for get good. out of this country. Yeah. Wowza. Like just run away from the story. What gave them the bravery to come back in 2006? Be like, mm. well, so they were pressured with phone calls from them every day and their mom started getting followed. Oh no. And so, and they had no idea who these men were. They never got names from these men or anything. So they decided they were going to go on TV and call these people out, which is fucking brave because I would think that's a direct recipe for getting your mom killed. 
But apparently, that's by, right. I mean, by calling them out in public, apparently they never saw the men again. I guess if you if they then died or mysteriously went missing, like that yeah. stirs up more. Exactly. It was like, oh, if we call you out now, then at least if we go missing, people people will know wonder. what happened. So uh, you guys watch the BuzzFeed Unsolved about Men in Black. It is so scary. I watched it. Th- that's what I was watching. My dumbass started watching that after the table flipped over. Oh no! Why did I do that? I don't know. Okay, sorry. Go on. So the even the fact that the men left them alone throughout their entire life, they've still been harassed by media. They've been made fun of. One of them had to quit school and couldn't leave her house for a long time. One of them was actually pregnant during the event, like during seeing the alien, oh my God. and was teased for the rest of her life that Poor she was thing. carrying the creature's baby. <gasps> And it made her so paranoid and lose her mind that her husband left her. No. And then another, the other one uh, said, only bad things came from this. I will not speak about it. God, that's horrible. I mean, you can't even go into it. What are you going to say to a therapist? Like, right. Oh, I saw this. And they're like, oh, you have schizophrenia. Like, right, you, right. I mean, who's going to believe that? Well, also they did. The only thing that they all agreed on still is that they believe what they saw. And in numerous interviews, they've always said the exact same details. Like, their stories never change. I think it's always telling when people like this aren't going out and, like, going on book tours and signing things and making a shit ton of money. They're like, we don't want to talk about it. Because that just disproves the theory that they're just looking for fame. So ever since the beginning, there have been original reports that have gathered media coverage worldwide, including Wall Street Journal actually covered this. Really? Um... And it's still one of the biggest UFO cases in Brazil. The Brazilian government, of course, has denied any claims of extraterrestrial biological entities. So apparently EBEs are what they called in Ooh, Brazil. Oh, spooky. So instead of ALF, <laughs> EBE. <laughs> uh, and theorists accuse the government, obviously, of a cover-up. Even a, my favorite, a Canadian-based UFO expert says that the town and and it's like a, a the town in, in whole. Mm-hmm has the makings of a, quote, cosmic Watergate. Stop it. Because it's such an intense cover-up from the government. Wow. So there's also been, I guess, an argument is there is a lack of reliable sources because so many people are anonymous that you can't follow up with anybody. Sure. There's no physical evidence except a Spock-shaped footprint. Right. And uh, that being said, a lot of rumors to this day are that even though some of the aliens got captured. A lot of them escaped into the nearby forest, and they are still out there. Stop it. That is so frightening to me. Uh, like I said, I doc- mean, I guess not because they were nice. <laughs> no, I mean, they seemed fine. Like, yeah, they seemed, like, so really peaceful. I'm worried about that. I'm more worried about what the government's going to do. Uh, Dr. Lear, like I said, published a book called UFO Crash in Brazil. Um, it has all the interviews with military officials, hospital surgeons, witnesses, and the town itself, t- Town V, because I don't know what to say. Uh, it became a tourist town for obviously for obvious reasons sure became a tourist town for aliens so it's even erected a ufo shaped water tower in honor of the event (laughs) and it has support groups now known as abductees anonymous and a research organization called operation right to know wow okay with over 100 to 200 eyewitnesses having reported seeing aliens during that day wow and uh they say this is the only case where having so many eyewitness testimonies is actually damaging to the case. Sure. They say that um, eyewitness overkill has caused people to not believe in the case, which is so ironic because all you ever want is eyewitness testimonies, and now they have so many. Sure. It's unbelievable. Right. Truly unbelievable. Because if it's one person, you're like, oh, they made it up. Right. But they're saying hundreds I mean, of people have a story. I mean, it's interesting, and I bet you there are plenty of people who come in and say, I saw it too, and like right. they're full of shit, and they're probably ruining it for everybody else. Well, apparently since then, this town has is rumored to also be like a breeding ground for all paranormal stuff now. So like people just see things 
all the time now. Oh, for real. So it really might actually be Brazil's Roswell because there's always uh, UFO I stories mean, if happening. it's strong enough to like kill zoo animals and right. people. With one touch. Right. Yeah. Like who knows what the energy ha- did. Um, in 2010, uh, the official statement from the Brazilian military, this is the really fucked up part. The sisters, I'm going to say my version first, and then I'm going to tell you what they said. Okay. They said they were trying to give an explanation for, like, what the girls really saw that day. So the military was? The military okay. was like, okay, well, what did all three of these girls at one time sure. say? And they said it was a homeless, mentally unstable man. That was, that's what they said the alien was? That's, in a, in a nice way, what they said. They nicknamed him Marinho, which, he, which means muddy, because Jesus. apparently there was a specific homeless, mentally unstable man that they were referring to in the town who is not mentally unstable. He was a homeless man who is deaf and mute. <gasps> and his name is Luis Antonio de Paula, except that they call him Little Louise. Stop. And because he is... He never really learned how to communicate with people, or he had trouble communicating with people. Well, they never learned to communicate with him. Exactly. They decided to start calling him mentally unstable, and they also called him Marino for muddy because he was often seen outside in the streets filthy and wet. Jesus. So, a lot of sadness to that. That's really... So, a lot of sadness. Yeah, that's really on. tragic. Um... But at the same time, everyone defended him. They were like, that's not fucking him. Like, we know who this guy is in our town. Like, we're locals. He's a local. We see him all the time. Pointing at somebody that we already. Like, they just literally, like, some horrible person probably in, like, Secret Service military was like, we need a crutch. We need to fall back on someone. Let's just blame this guy who literally cannot speak for himself. I mean, yeah. Let's just make him the bad guy so nobody thinks that there's and aliens and just say oh the dumb little girls just saw him and exactly didn't, didn't know any better like but even the girls have said like we've had communication with him like we, town. we yeah. see him all the time he looks nothing like them they also had the fucking nerve to say that he was not only mentally unstable but physically deformed and he's not For they God's sake. they kept saying oh that's why he looked like this because he was us oh that's why three he, horns yeah they kept having to like make up more excuses about how horrible and atrocious this guy was this poor guy jesus he like did fucking nothing wrong of course not so they also said that the military trucks that were all throughout the town were just operating their normal routine. Okay, normal my ass. It was... Oh. Normal routine! And to this day, the authorities maintain that the military did not pick up any bodies and deny any involvement. And an exact quote is, I can't tell you... They basically said, I can't tell you what happened this at all that week when it comes to the girls and anyone who witnessed anything. But I can tell you what happened in the military that week. And this is their quote. All that happened that weekend were new inductees to a sergeant's training school went on parade and a truck convoy was driven to a repair shop. Concurrently, at the town hospital, trucks were delivering new cardiovascular equipment and an ambulance dropped off an exhumed corpse, a human body, officials insist. So where's the little person giving birth? Exactly. So they keep thinking like, oh, this is a better answer than the last one. So eventually, like, they're just making up a bunch of answers. Oh, we forgot the internet exists and people can write this shit down. The only two things that have been damaging to this is one of the original girls that saw the alien that day has recently converted to a very conservative religion and now dismisses the entire incident as, quote, youthful folly. Interesting. And in 2012, there was one guy named Anthony Brasilla brasilia and he has a blog called the brasilia files and somehow he was involved in this although i don't know how but he wrote a really damaging blog about how it was entirely a hoax saying quote a decade and a half later it can now be released that the entire uh town v extraterrestrial affair was a hoax based on child hysteria and on the sightings of the deformed 
Seriously? So those were the only two things that people ever almost took seriously. But other than that, a majority of the town is like, fuck that. This is such an alien ridden town. And we We saw everything. Yes. Elephants died. Little people were born or little people were pregnant. Who knows? That explains everything. Listen, I thought that was just the... I could not think of a dumber explanation. Like, okay, someone had a baby. That was... Why'd you have to make it a little person? I could... Right. Right. Like, I could... (laughs) That has nothing to do with it. I could make up... I mean, you could literally say, oh, we were bringing in machinery because uh, there was a difficult surgery. First of all, the exhumed body that needed legal oversight and the cardiovascular equipment being shipped were both wonderful ideas. Why'd you have to throw in that garbage one and make it your official statement? What a weird... Anyway, that's the end. I know this was such a long fucking story, guys. I'm so sorry. I I hope you're on, like, a long-ass road trip or something. Guess what, guys? Eva's like, I'm editing this on the plane. She's probably, like, already landed by now. (laughs) Eva, I'm so... I'm just kidding. I'm so sorry. so... I could talk about this forever, though. That was a full-blown hour-long story. I'm glad we're going to lunch after this, or dinner after this, because I need to talk about this more. This is is what happens when I try to do something that's going to be straightforward, and it's the most complicated thing I've ever read. It's wild. I mean, honestly, like... The thing, it's going to stick with me forever. The thing where he looked in his eyes and he telepathically said, I feel sorry for the human race. And, you know, so the thing that makes a lot of this not believable for me is, like I said earlier, so many websites only catered to one part of the story. So it's like I got a lot of like I got a lot of really good information, but I only got it one time at one place. Like I only got that piece of information where he was like in a trance oh. with an alien. I only got that on one website. Oh, I see. Okay. Like there's no consistent, frequent confirmation of any of this. I see. So. Wow. It was really putting a lot of pieces together in a jigsaw. I mean, listen, when you go into the Akashic records, I'm just saying there are alien races that are part of. I believe that a thousand percent. The the greater book of life. That's all I'm saying. And I know you're going to go. These are all going to be like she's crazy, but. I believe that. <sighs> That's just bananas. Um, I'm so I'm so sorry that took so long. Why? Why are you apologizing? I feel like all of it needed to be heard, though. I but mean, it did. Please tell me about our murder. I'm dying to uh, hear about it. I just want to keep talking about aliens, but okay. We're going to dinner, homie. We can talk about I it all know. you want. This is going to happen again, because I got recognized talking about missing persons cases. <laughs> now we're going to be recognized talking about aliens. Like, we literally are so on brand in real life. It's we sad. really are. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at progressive.com to see if you could save. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Okay. Time for my story. Finally, we've all been waiting. Oh, man. I was very invested in that. That did not feel like an hour to me. That's very nice of you to say. I'm serious. I was aware that I, every time I was like, oh, I'm almost done. I was like, I thought I was almost done. And then I'd scroll and I was like, oh, I hadn't looked at everything that was was coming up. I was thoroughly engrossed in that. And I'm going to ask you more questions later. Woohoo! At the risk of getting, you know. Scared and then staying here alone tonight. Well, I was going to say getting threatened by the government and or men in black, but also that. I mean, we really do put ourselves out there. It's very easy for the government to decide if they hate us or not. Sometimes I think that, but then I'm like, I mean, there are people online who are making like way more intense accusations and things that... That's true. If I'm just reporting things you could find on Google anyway, I must right. not be that threatening. And like, we don't know. Like, It's very clear. I we certainly don't didn't really make know. any of that up. It must have come from somewhere. Right. Okay. Sorry. So here is the thing. When I was um, at lunch with my friend Devin and... Uh, Talking about Brian talking about whether bryce bryce Lispe- <laughs> i was like who's brian you right. know that guy you know uh whether bryce list pieces was missing or not i mean one of my favorite topics obviously yes uh so i sat down with my friend and she goes oh i have a story for you and i was like oh really like a, t- a suggestion and she's like yeah it's about my aunt and i was oh like oh my god oh <laughs> no big deal all right and i was like oh okay like i'm thinking it would just be kind of like a listener story right right but, but it's like a legit thing it's a legit thing and wow. hope you do it justice <laughs> i know believe me i asked like four thousand times are you sure i can cover this wow okay um basically all Devin told me at the beginning was oh my aunt was accused of murder and i was like when she was 17 in high school and i was like oh, jesus oh dear okay tell me more and so she did. And then she's like, oh, let me Google it and see what else I can find. And mm-hmm. she was like, even she was like, oh, holy shit. Like, I didn't know some of this stuff. Oh, cool. So we I learned mean, sorry. a lot. Well. Sorry. She's fine. Okay. So, okay. This is the story of the murder of Kirsten Costas. Kirsten Costas. So uh, after my lovely lunch with uh, Devin where becca was like i heard you talking about this and i was like mm-hmm. spoiler alert you're gonna hear it again <laughs> next <laughs> sunday um i went home and looked this up and there were only a couple smaller podcasts that have done this and then one bigger one uh once upon a crime covered this story and so i listened to that then um it was on a couple episodes of on um investigation discovery like several of their series that just kind of they covered it like a uh, deadly women and um uh, it's called, oh God, I, I mentioned it later, but it's like the 80, the 1980s, the deadliest decade or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 They have a lot of these Ain't uh, that the truth. super fun shows. So it was featured on a couple of those. Anyway, that's where I got my info. So this takes place in uh, 1984. So we're in the 80s, the deadliest decade. Right on. <laughs> uh, can't you just say that about any decade? Whatever, it doesn't matter. I uh, mean... I feel like the 70s and 80s were the worst. Really? I feel like murder rates just keep going up. I don't think that murder rates have dipped. I feel like that. Ha- I feel like the 70s and 80s, though, had the most notorious names attached to them. That's probably true, but it's also we have distance from it. Like, I wonder in 30 years if there are people who are active now that will, like... That's true. But, I mean, you're right. I just feel like I think, like, when I think of, quote, serial killers, right. every one that I name is from either the 70s or 80s. Yeah, I guess that's true. But, I mean, like, there was also, like jack the ripper who was like a hundred years before yeah. so i mean i 
I just think there, I think there, there was a them, concentration of yeah, them. Like big names. Like That's Ted true. Bundy, Pogo the Clown, Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. They all happen to be in the same. I wonder who ours will be someday. Because there oh, are active serial true. killers now. Interesting. I wonder if they'll have the same notoriety. No, you're right. I mean, you're totally right. Um, I didn't think about it that way. So uh, we're back in high school. My nightmare. Thank God. <laughs> you're like, yay. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> No, no, no. I did not have a good time. Um, we're at Miramonte High in Orinda, California. And Orinda is an affluent suburb in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this high school, so like picture classic 80s high school, uh, most popular group, obviously the cheerleaders. I'm thinking Degrassi because that's the show Allison and I are currently binging now that Charmed is over. Oh, you, so, you went with Degrassi. Interesting. Listen, don't even get me started. I'm, I have been obsessed with Degrassi for a long time but i never started with like the prequel shows interesting so i know i was one of those people but my mom had like all my children in general hospital so i needed my own set of stories sure so i got into degrassi when i got my wisdom teeth out i see and then i continued through it when i got my tonsils out and so i have just been through your painful moments in life (laughs) well i yeah i just love so now through allison's foot injury exactly i have to suffer so now so does she with the grass interesting but we're having a blast there because i never watched the prequel ones because it started in the 70s or 80s yeah did it really mm -hmm. no i didn't know that it's truly a soap opera for teenagers but now i know that but now i'm suckered in i don't care that i'm 27 i'm still gonna watch it yeah i mean but uh yeah so it started with anatomy still going strong it started with degrassi junior high well it started with like five other things first but the one that we're starting with is degrassi junior high that's thrilling. I don't know anything about And then Degrassi. there's Degrassi High. We're going to... Okay. You're anyway. going to hear about it for the rest of your life. So anyway, we're at Degrassi. No. So we're at Miramonte <laughs> High. In the it's 80s. important. You have to know the facts. Miram- Miramont? Miramonte High. Miramonte. And the most important people at this high school are the cheerleaders. Very... Sounds very Degrassi so far. Sounds very... Uh, Stereotypical? Prin- Princess Diaries. But okay. <laughs> That's my childhood reference. Okay. So Mandy Moore so far. Um, so I'm going to tell you about Kirsten Costas. She is this beautiful, popular, fun, it girl. Uh, she's like the queen bee cheerleading squad, etc. Everyone wants to be like her. Very Mandy Moore. You get the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also a member of this popular clique at school called the Bob O'Links. You know, for being so popular, you'd have a cooler name. Or the Bobbies. There it is. There it is. Um, so they're called the Bobbies and it's sort of like a mean girls squad. Uh, they're sort, they were described basically as a high school sorority. Uh, they're considered the coolest girls in school by everyone except a select few. One of whom was Christine. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I would have been the same way. We would have both been like, look at those fucking Bobbies over there. I think I just would have cried in the corner. I don't know. I would have been listening to my chemical romance. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Uh, one of whom was my friend Devin's aunt. Oh, Nancy Kane. Okay. So Nancy was raised in a pretty well-off family uh, as the youngest of four, like rode horses, you know, the Love family it. was in the country club, etc. But as she got older, she turned down the whole Bobby lifestyle, even though she had known uh, Kirsten since middle school. Mm-hmm. And she adopted this sort of what she described as a new wave lifestyle. She said, it's not goth. It was like new wave. She dyed her hair. She smoked a lot of pot. She listened to Duran Duran. Like, oh, she, she sounds like a fun person. Like, now she'd be cool. Like the tables have turned. Right. You know, like now that's kind of the cool person, I mm-hmm. guess, who like knows the band, the music and stuff. But at the time, like she was an outcast. She was in this very preppy school and like did not fit in. And that's how she wanted it. 
So that was Nancy. However, there was this other freshman um, who, more than anything, wanted to be part of the popular crowd. Mm. Her name was Bernadette Prady. Um, she's super cute and goes to high school. Her family, you know, her dad's an engineer. Like, they have they have enough money to be in the neighborhood, but um, they're not as rich as some of the other families. Um, and she kind of develops, like, this complex about feeling lesser than than the other popular girls, you know. And she's, like, sort of a friend but kind of like an ancillary got part it. of the got group. It, got it. She like tries too hard to fit into this group. <laughs> Olive's coming to say hi. Just hanging out in my lap. All of you want to say hi? Here. <laughs> Here. What's this? <laughs> Olive. Oh, thank you for Sweetie the kisses. Girl. What about that? Kisses. Yay. Oh, okay. boy. She's sorry. Cute. Back to murder. So, um, Bernadette. Prody. I heard both Prodi and Prodi, and I heard both Kirsten and Kirsten, so I don't know okay. it, technically which one's correct. But Bernadette Prodi, um, she's has this complex, really wants to be popular, unlike Nancy, who's just like, fuck that. I don't want to be part of that crowd. Sure. So there's cheerleading tryouts taking place, 1984. Um, obviously, Kirsten makes it on the squad, uh, but Bernadette, try as she might, did not get a spot on this cheerleading squad. And she is devastated because she was like, that's, that's my awful. ticket into the right, cool right. kids. Um, so it doesn't stop there. She tried out for a yearbook club, which I guess was also really exclusive. Didn't make it into yearbook. Um, she just can't catch a break. She can't catch a break. She's not in, in with this group of girls. And when she's on a class ski trip with all the girls, the Bobbies, Kirsten kind of makes a, an offhanded comment about her skis being like crummy. Cause she brought like older skis and all the girls have like brand new equipment and yada, yada. Sure. And Bernadette, like, takes this extremely personally and as, like, a slight mm. because it's, like, hits her at her, you know, sensitive point of, like, I don't have as much money as these people sure. and I'm not, I don't fit in. Um, so she's just developing this insane complex. And no matter how hard she tries, she cannot fit in completely. Like, she's not, like, totally out, but she's just kind of that outsider. Sure. Um, so she begins to direct her resentment, especially after the ski trip and jealousy toward one person in particular, Kirsten Costas. And she becomes obsessed. Just, mm. like... Like, all her rage and envy are being, like, directed at Kirsten because she's kind of, like, the epitome, the symbol of all the stuff that she can't have. Um, So it's summer break. It's June of 1984. And Kirsten is off at cheerleading camp uh, with the other girls at St. Mary's College. And on June 22nd, 1984, the day before Kirsten is meant to return from camp, uh, Kirsten's mom gets a phone call. And it's from one of Kirsten's classmates. And the girl says, hey, I'm a member of the Bobbies. And <laughs> the fact that you can address yourself like that. Oh, yeah. It was like Love a it. well-known thing. Okay, um, I got it. So she's like, I am a member of the Bobbies. I'm a friend of Kirsten's. And there's a secret initiation dinner party tomorrow for all the Bobble links. God damn it. And uh, it's tomorrow night. And uh, I'm going to pick up Kirsten. And we're going to go to this dinner. And so Kirsten's mom's like, okay, I'll let her know. And she'll be ready for the dinner. Uh, little does Kirsten's mom know that the girl on the line is not a member of the Bobbies, nor is she a friend oh, of Kirsten's. She is Bernadette. Yeah. So, Great. I mean, truly like the Lifetime movie. Um, that night, June 23rd, Kirsten waited alone at home for her ride to this top secret dinner party. Her mom said, oh, you got a call from a friend. She didn't say her name, but, you know, you're becoming an initiated. Yeah, exactly. Um, so meanwhile, Bernadette asks her dad to drop her off at a nearby babysitting gig. And she says, can you leave the car? It's a yellow Pinto. She says, can you leave the car? Because I'd rather drive myself home later. 
Um, and her dad's like, okay, and walked home and left her with the car. So as soon as he leaves, rather than go babysit, which was bullshit, uh, she took her dad's car, drove to the Costas house and honked outside, honked and waited for Kirsten to come out. Apparently when Kirsten saw her, uh, she was dressed up for the par- party. She walks out, she sees Bernadette driving and she goes, oh, it's you. Cause oh. like, she was not expecting this girl. Right. Right. Like really? Still. You're the, you're the person <laughs> yeah. taking me to this dinner party. So she's like, oh, it's you. Um, and this is all from Bernadette's perspective, so we don't technically know if that's what she said, but sure. it was known throughout the school that Kirsten... Could have been like, you're the ugliest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> or it could have been like, hi, how are you? I'm, let's go together. Right. Like, we don't know. <laughs> but, uh, it is, it has been made pretty clear that, like, Kirsten wasn't, she wasn't, like, n- super nasty, like, bully, but she had a tendency like to... Like, off-putting. N- well... No? I mean... She, well, like, she was the most popular girl. She wasn't, like, off-putting, but she had a way to, like, make people feel inferior. Like, she could put people down. Like, classic. Like, classic mean girl. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. Um, so, anyway. Uh, so she picks her up, yada yada. Uh, she's, gets in the car anyway. She's like, okay, I guess, like, if you're my ride, that's fine. Um, and they start driving. After some time in the car together, Bernadette confesses, by the way, there is no dinner party. Oh God! <laughs> Kirsten's like, wait, what? <laughs> um, she said it was just a ruse to get you out of the house so we could go to a party together. And Kirsten's like, okay. Um, and at some point, it's unclear what exactly happened, but Bernadette pulls the car over and they start to argue. Okay. And uh, at this point, Bernadette is like, Kirsten wanted me to do drugs with her, and all of Kirsten's friends are like, she's never even smoked pot. Like she, hmm, that doesn't okay. make sense. And why would she want to do drugs with you after she just said, like, right. it didn't make sense. So that was kind of what she said happened. It's not like, oh, it's you. Let's do drugs. Yeah, let's smoke <laughs> pot in the church parking lot. It was like Bernadette's way of explaining why they pulled over. But she said, all we know is that Bernadette did pull over. They got into an argument and Kirsten, like not wanting to be there anymore, told Bernadette she was weird and said she would tell everyone at school what had happened and uh then she stormed out of the car and she rang the doorbell of a house on orchard road which is where they had stopped and it was uh the house of a couple friends of her parents so she knew this couple their name sorry alexander and mary jane arnold so kirsten's like oh i know that that family i'm gonna ring their doorbell so uh alexander arnold opens a door and he said kirsten appeared tense and she said my friend got weird on me um can i use your phone to call my parents so they're like, sure, yeah, and they see Bernadette on the sidewalk behind her, and they're like, yeah, okay, come in, like, you can use our phone. Uh, her parents didn't answer the phone, so Mr. Arnold's like, why don't I drive you home to make sure you get back safely? So on the way, he's like, there's this car following us, it's this yellow Pinto, and Kirsten's like, don't worry about it, my friend's just, like, being weird, and, like, I'm just, I just want to go home. Right. So when they reach her block, her parents' car was still gone, so she's like, you know what, my neighbors are home, I'll go wait with them. She thanks Mr. Arnold, and he says, I'm just going to wait in the car to make sure you get inside safely. That's nice. Yeah. So Kirsten gets out of the car. She starts walking toward her neighbor's house. Unfortunately, Bernadette had uh, had been waiting for her. Oh, no. Uh, as Kirsten approached her neighbor's porch, Bernadette jumped out of the bushes and stabbed <gasps> Bernadette with a foot-long butcher knife. Oh, my God. Uh, Kirsten managed to, like, get away and run across the street to another neighbor's house it's also nighttime at this point, so Mr. Arnold can sort of see that these two girls are, like, fighting, but he can't tell, like... That she got fucking stabbed. Exactly. Like, he can't tell. He th- he later said he thought it was, like, a fist fight or mm-hmm. something. Um, and all he sees is Kirsten's running across the street, 
to another neighbor's house and he can't really see where they are at this point um she runs up to the door she's banging and screaming for help but before anybody can open the door uh bernadette comes up behind her stabs her five times <gasps> twice in her back twice in her chest uh she had a 15 inch wound that had penetrated her left arm chest and left lung oh my god the wounds in her back punctured her right lung passed through her diaphragm and lacerated her liver but even though her lungs had been stabbed in her diaphragm, she was still able to scream for help. Uh, she was screaming, help me, help me, I've been stabbed, and then collapsed. Uh, and at this point, and the neighbor who had, you know, hadn't been able to get out on time, uh, his name's Arthur Hillman. He came out and he saw basically Bernadette dying on his doorstep and yeah. he calls an ambulance. So uh, an ambulance is called and Kirsten's family falls into the hospital. But unfortunately, her wounds were fatal and she passed away at 11.02 p.m. that night. And so, obviously, Alexander Arnold was, like, a witness. So was this Arthur guy. Um, and also, I, he he saw her running away and, like, them fighting, but he didn't stop yeah, he it? Yeah, he actually followed um, Bernadette because he saw oh, okay. her jump in the car. And he thought they had just been fist fighting. He sees her jump in the car. And so he followed her mm. to, like, that was just his instinct was, like, I see, see her get going. away. Yeah. yeah. And he said as he's driving, he was suddenly like, shit, I need to go check on her to make got sure it, she's got okay. It, got it. Not knowing she had been stabbed, but thinking, like, they'd gotten into a fight. Right. So, yeah, he actually had followed her and then drove back. So he had different good uh, good thoughts. Right. Like, he, right. Yes. Misdirected a little bit, but at the same time, like, at that point. Good intentions. It didn't seem like much could have helped her anyway, unfortunately. Um, so, witnesses, including Alexander Arnold described the girl that she was with as a round-faced blonde wearing a yellow shirt and faded red sweatpants driving off in a mustard yellow pinto um, but even with that description the community like could not wrap their head around what had happened they were like who could have done such a thing um with the like the insane extreme amount of violence they were like this had to be someone on drugs or like who could have done such a violent act um it couldn't be one of our own and so while investigators are going through kirsten's friends like clearing them one by one uh, rumors begin swirling at Miramonte High, where people are just trying to figure out who did this. And one name kept coming up, and that name was Nancy Kane. No. Aw, your friend's aunt. My friend's aunt. Uh, and she had made it clear. She was actually interviewed on a couple of these shows. So, like, that's also why Devin was like, I think you can share it because she's talked about it herself Got on, it. on TV. Um, but she she made it clear she didn't like that whole crowd. She said the scene bored her. She wasn't a fan of Kirsten. And so people zeroed in on that and were like, well, she's one of her enemies. She's on. She's a druggie. Like she's a. Oh, my God. She's an outcast. You know, so she, obviously they looked at her as their quote unquote suspect. So these rumors are swirling and police pick up on this. And they're like, okay, well, we should investigate Nancy if everyone else thinks she did it. Right. So they ask if um, she'd take a lie detector test. Her parents refuse to allow allow it, um, which only arouses more suspicion, which sucks because, like, you can't win. Like, right. you either it's take either, it, you don't take either, it. You're so brave. Right. You're so brave to take it. Yeah, f fuck off. Right. And she's like, I have nothing to do with this. No. But so that aroused more suspicion. Uh, it also didn't help that she had been so outspoken about disliking Kirsten and the Bobbies and had actually written in her journal about Kirsten. I want to see her blood drip. <gasps> oh, that's not good. And she's like, that was just me being like a badass and whatever. But yeah. obviously it's not a good sign. It does not work well. <laughs> it doesn't bode well when someone has been stabbed. Right. Yeah. Um, and so this is all happening over summer break. But like in this small community, uh, Nancy is just being like completely targeted by the whole community, by the police. Right. Like it's just tears her family apart. It's awful. 
Um, on the first day back of school, September 4th, 1984, Nancy doesn't show up to school. Um, and in the eyes of everyone, all her classmates are like, that means she did it. Yeah. She's not here. But like in reality, she said she just wasn't like her she parents want to be there. pulled her out of school. They yeah. were like, well, you need to move elsewhere. So exactly. Um, so what they didn't know, though, is that Nancy had an alibi. She had actually been at her boyfriend's house and the alibi checked out completely. So she couldn't go back to school because, uh, you know, all the hatred and accusations and bullying. But um, she moved to a new high school for a fresh start. And because their one lead that they had didn't pan out, now the investigation had come to another standstill. And it continued to stall. So for six months, Bernadette was able to hide her secret. But then the police were like, we need some help. We're going to call the FBI. Oh. And the FBI had a cool new technique called profiling. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I've been watching a lot of Criminal Minds. Um, you watch, uh, De- what is it? Degrassi? Degrassi Junior High. Degrassi. I watch uh, Criminal Minds. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Criminal Minds, which is like what they do. The BAU, Behavioral Analysis Unit. Oh, you know, I uh, that was one of the things I wanted to study in college, but they didn't have a, they only had a criminology concentration for sociology. Womp. I know. But I wanted to be like a, a behavioral analyst. That would have been so interesting? cool. It's one of my favorite things. Also, speaking of which, watch Mindhunter if you haven't, because it's so good. It's exactly about how they developed that um, and how, you know, it wasn't like believed as it was, you know, considered bunk science back right. in the day, but then they use it. Oh my God, it's just the best show. Watch Mindhunter. Okay. Anyway, da 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 da. So they're like, you know what? The FBI is going to do a profile. It's pretty new at this point, um, but they're going to do it. And it took uh, three months to uh, come up with a profile, but when it arrived, it was 14 pages long. It was extremely in depth. Wow. Yeah, it was insanely in depth, like very specific. And um, basically, so the knife, the the stabbing indicated a great deal of personal anger, which I mean, we've heard before, mm-hmm. which is different psychologically than shooting a person typically. Right. It's more intimate, very intimate. Um, so basically, it said, th- I'm serious. This is literally what the report said. It said the perpetrator would come from a family with six children. What? I know a Catholic family. The crime had most likely been committed by a friend of the victim. And then just 14 pages of this. And when they revisited the list of Kirsten's friends, because they were like, okay, someone who knew her, uh, there was only one person who matched this entire profile. Like, Shut completely. up. And so it it's like being a fucking psycho. Bernadette. Yeah, like they fully just pegged nailed her. it. Yeah, pegged her completely. But they were like, Bernadette already, like she had passed a lie detector test. They had checked her out. Like she was... She wasn't even on their radar because she had just completely, like, passed with flying colors. She had passed a lie detector. She is so mad that profiling had just been invented. I know. Unlucky timing for her. Um, So Nancy Kane was interviewed on this uh, investigation discovery show, the the deadliest decade show, the 1980s. (laughs) Uh, And the episode is called The Cheerleader Murder, in case you're wondering. Of course. And it's like TV... Sounds like a lifetime TV's thing. Dream. Well, it actually was a lifetime thing. I will was tell it? you about it. Yeah. Uh, so she described Bernadette. So they were like, "What did like What did you think of Bernadette when you found out about this?" And she said, "Bernadette was smart, kind, mild mannered, non threatening. Um, that's like how everyone had seen her. So this was just like completely mind blowing people's minds. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she actually like uh, Bernadette had gone to the funeral." Um, she had gone back to school like normal. She hadn't been acting weird. She was hanging out with the Bobbies. Like 
everything had seemed normal. What's even more chilling is that Nancy and uh, and Bernadette had actually spent the la- the whole summer going through catechism classes together, which is like Catholic Ew. Catholic teaching. So like side by side this whole time while Nancy is being like targeted by and police. And she knows someone. I mean, and she's like side by side with the person who actually did it. What a murderer's dream, though. I imagine to like totally, totally. be off the hook and get to be so close that you can watch someone else getting totally getting like pinned for it pinned for your problems and also like to be the backdrop of catholic teaching like I it's know, so right. weird to me that like they're literally learning the 10 commandments and fresh like, out of a movie I'm and telling you. one of the sacraments is literally do not murder well no well one well, of the 10 commandments is but one oh. of the sacraments is oh, sacraments is um is um reconciliation so like literally confessing your right. sins and they're learning this while it's just wild yeah so it, it really is like a movie like made for TV. So there's also this blog that like Devin and I found yes or the other day called Bernadette Prodi Exposed. And this person basically just like spends their time blogging about this case and trying to like keep uh someone super invested Kirsten. in it. Wow. Yeah, and she keeps tries to keep Kirsten's memory alive and um so she actually interviewed Nancy Kane, my friend's aunt. <laughs> and so we read this interview. Um and this is where she kind of described like I was she was like I was so pissed like we had just spent the whole summer together and like I was being tort I was going through hell all summer getting you know um interrogated and like attacked by the community and like she's next to me the whole time just acting cool and cool calm collected so uh because of all of this and because of her behavior when she'd been interviewed like passing a lie detector police were like baffled um she had that alibi that she'd been at the babysitting gig and because she had passed a lie detector they just kind of like said okay but they had never actually asked looked into it yeah. yeah so they had dismissed her as a suspect but since the fbi report was like well that's her like our science says that so you figure it out so they were like i guess we got to do more digging so turns out uh the babysitting gig was bullshit as we already know um the family she claimed she was babysitting for which like was what so it, easy to debunk such an obvious lie and yeah. she just fucking got through it she said oh i was babysitting for them and they were like she hasn't babysat for us in over a year so like it was just total bullshit but like they didn't look into amazing it. how like the police are like we're doing the best we can yeah. and it's like are you such one single thing like she probably was shocked she got away with that because yeah. i mean i would be it's I'd a be blatant like, lie for everything that she's done i'd be like i can't that is what is saving That's my life thing. right now exactly um, and the family was like, wait, what? Like, no, you know, they were like, we do not have anything to do with this. So uh, they interview her again. They bring her in and they're like, OK, listen, this is the report on you. Like your alibi is bullshit, um, but she does not crack. And they expect a 15 year old girl to like break down and be like, I did it, whatever, especially when they put FBI pressure on her. But she just right. does not crack um, and they don't have any physical evidence. So they're like, OK, go home. So she goes home a couple of days later on her way out the door for school. Bernadette tells her mom, I left you a note. I wrote it on the ki- I wrote it and I left it on the kitchen counter, but I want you to wait 30 minutes to read it. So, so I have time to run. She leaves, goes to school, leaves. Her mother is not like our mothers. Sets a 30 minute timer. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, I would be like, I was like, well, that's bullshit. I'm going to go look at it right now. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, honey. Like, you're right. Fucking immediately. But no. So the mom literally sets a 30 minute egg timer wait <laughs> that's the difference between my parenting and probably allison's parenting i imagine she'll be like oh well they said 30 minutes oh my god <laughs> and we'll be like, be like it. we'll be like literally the worst thing has happened whatever <laughs> whatever my brain went to immediately like, i have something to say to you why don't you sit here and stew while you think about what 
but I could like, possibly have to say. I mean, oh God. So that was like shocking to me that any mother would wait 30 minutes. Not that I'm blaming her at all, but I'm just saying like, that's amazing that somebody had the... If someone actually listened to their child and had the discipline <laughs> and self-control. I don't, I don't know her. What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So clearly we were not raised that way. Um, but yeah, so she waited 30 minutes and then reads the note. The note says, and I quote, dear mom and dad, the FBI man thinks I did it. And he is right. Mm. I've been able to live with it for a while, but I can't ignore it. I'm even worse than words can describe, and I hate myself. Don't ask why, because I don't understand this, and I don't know why. I'm sorry. So, at this point, I'm listening, I'm reading the story, or listening to the story, and I'm like, oh my gosh, did she, like, go take her own life? Like, this yeah. story, I mean, it's very scary. I feel like as a it parent. It sounds like it's, she's on her way to, like, I'm going to go end my life now, because like, I can't bear the pain. Especially if she, yeah, and if she's like, wait 30 minutes for me right. to leave. Like, so that freaked me out, but apparently she was at school. Like, literally just went to class. She was like, just wait so you don't chase me down the street. I think that must have been what it was. Like, let me get out of the house before you read it. Which I guess, I mean, that okay. makes some sense. So, um, her mom and dad pick her up at school. and then What did her... she expect was going to happen? I think that. She oh was, God. like, waiting. She was like, okay. And they took her into the sheriff's office. And she immediately said, yep, I did it. Here's a note. Um, I was too scared to tell, their, tell it to their faces. Which, I mean, I understand that. But, like, so she confessed... Full, had a full breakdown so that's when they were like she finally had like that meltdown yeah. that they were waiting for because she had been so like and i actually was talking to Devin about this how interesting because at first it seems like she passed a lie detector like she must have sociopath like right you know she must have sociopathic tendencies if she can be so cool calm and collected but the fact that she like had so much guilt inside her that she had to confess Maybe she just was in like total denial yeah i don't yeah she must have just shut off or something i don't know so i just thought that was really wild so she had a full breakdown um she was charged with first degree murder and when the trial began um the courtroom overflowed this was like a crazy spectacle because this is a wealthy quiet you know i think in the episode of the once upon a crime that i listened to they were like it's like the i don't know 14th safest neighbor you know it's one of those like right. statistics where it's like oh it's the happiest. like it would never happen here right right exactly and like her parents had moved there to raise their family in a very like beautiful safe place safe place that's the irony she's just crazy so that's obviously uh why this became such a spectacle um on the stand bernadette described what she had done um luring kirsten out of the house with the fake invitation and then she explained her motivation so i'm just going to read to you like literally what was going through her head when she why she murdered kirsten sure. she said i had a lot of inferiority feelings and really bad feelings about myself I lost for cheerleader and I didn't get the club I wanted and I didn't get on the yearbook staff. The things that got me mad I couldn't change, like looks or money or popularity or things like that. And so for as for the actual crime, she explained, I was afraid she was going to tell everybody I was really weird. I thought, oh my God, everything's gone wrong. She's going to tell everybody. So essentially she was like her reputation like she didn't want to be seen as weird like she wanted right. to be cool she didn't get into cheerleading squad like Amazing. she herself admitted that that was the point of the murder which is she and she at some point also said she symbolized everything that i wanted and couldn't right have, which is just like wow super wild wow um but she did try to claim there was no premeditation She's like, it was I just happened to have a footlong butcher knife on me. Yeah. So they're like, why the hell did you have this knife? And they brought her sister on the stand. And her sister says, um, actually, I think I accidentally may have left the butcher knife in the car. And they're like, why the hell did you have a butcher knife in the car? She's like, sometimes I peel fruits and vegetables with it for lunch. Okay. I mean. <laughs> with a 12 inch butcher knife? Okay. 
okay i don't okay and she said they said did you leave and she's like maybe so it, it i think it's bullshit yeah i mean i think she she called and said she lured her out of the house like right that was premeditated so what was she yeah. gonna do there's no party i mean also like she had that whole phone call where she was like oh i'm gonna fake this so exactly. we can go hang out alone together alone in my car like what was she planning i don't know yeah it was very weird so that was not clear but apparently one of her sisters said she liked to peel fruits with it so okay who's to say um after three days of testimony the judge found bernadette guilty of second degree murder um she is senate she was sentenced at the time to a maximum of nine years so it was a pretty minimal sentence for most people especially obviously kirsten's family was like seriously like you're just gonna put her in juvie for a couple years and then she'll be out she was sentenced to a max of nine years in the California Youth Authority, but she only served seven. And at the age of 23, she was released, but she changed her name, moved to a different state, and, like, vanished. Mm. However, I found her. <gasps> you and no one else? Or no. You? Oh, okay. So I was like, with... damn, you're doing your job. Well, so I was a well, there's parts to it. So I was with Devin, and Devin was like, oh my god, this blog, Bernadette Exposed, you know, right. said that she found, that she's been found, right? So she, like changed her name apparently to Jeanette but I was like okay but I need to know more about this right so then I went digging because I was like I need to find her because I need to know sure and I'm not gonna say too much information about her because it's not my place to put but her you on did blast, find her. but I did find her um she's pretty active on social media uh she is actually a mommy blogger huh. uh living in Texas she uh I'm not gonna really go into what her social media is but uh especially because other people have also found her and like to uh, respond to her tweets with gifs of bloody knives, tell her to die, rotten hell. Oh, shit. Um, but she's a self-proclaimed mommy blogger. She posts about things like National Apple Turnover Day and that week's Sunday sermon. So just like <sighs> your classic mommy, you know, goals, very yeah. wholesome, <laughs> very wholesome. Um, in fact, the last thing she posted was like, um, God says, don't dwell on the past for it is over or something oh, and i Lord was like almighty jesus so and it, remind me she, she didn't do jail time she's a seven years seven years and okay got out at the age of 23 and oh that's what it and is. was like like totally changed her identity sure. essentially so actually i think this year she was actually found so wow her name is now Jeanette. uh she is very active on social media her twitter is disturbing because like she tweets about like oh here's my ravioli recipe and then people will be like you're a murderer. You, you mur like bloody murderous yeah. bitch. Go to hell. Rotten hell. And one of them, which I was like, she probably shouldn't post that, was like, it's National Smile Day. Smiling makes the world brighter. Like, it's oh, just no. so peppy. And somebody responded. Somebody literally responded. Kirsten Costas will never smile again. And then put a <gasps> smiley face. And I was like, oh, oh shit. My. And there are literally accounts that will comment back to her that are called, like, Jeanette is a murderer like they like are created to Just harass her. her right wow. so it's pretty crazy i mean it's people post screenshots on her page and like if she can she deletes them otherwise you know someone's gonna forward this episode Ooh, to her it was bananas i mean i mean there's pl plenty of tv shows about it so right, i'm not right, the right. first to cover it but um for example in 1994 the story was made into a lifetime movie called death of a cheerleader also known as i feel like i've seen that a friend to die for <laughs> Um, oh, they both sound perfect. I know. and it's, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like the most Lifetime movie thing. Yes. Uh, it actually starred Tori Spelling as the murderer. I have seen that. That, yes. You have? Yes. Oh, God. I had a thing when I was uh, either a junior or a senior in college, but during final exams, 
it's not smart, but I thought it was really funny to not study for my exams. And instead, uh, you would have made I just watched the eye profiler. <laughs> I just watched a full blown, like lifetime 24 hour marathon. Those are the best though. It was just like back to back to back for easily a week and a half. It's like it knew I had finals. I mean, honestly, but I watched it. They know. And like at Christmas time, I mean, that's all my mother and I do are watch those like cheesy ones. And then the so second horrific. those are over, it's like murder ones, right. stalking one. I mean, this is, I think how it did... was during the stalking yeah. movies. Are there... Those are, yeah. those were such a thing. And I remember watching those like when I was a kid, like at my old, at our old, old house and getting so freaked out, but like so invested. And like, I think that's where it all, I made a bad so call because that same week, my stepsister for like a hot minute lived in the same town that I did and asked me to house it for her. Oh no. And I just stayed in this strange house and yeah. watched murder lifetime movies. Nah. Nonstop. Those will get you, man. It was rough. Anyway, that was a great movie. But so, yes. Uh, it's starring Tori Spelling. I pr My mother's definitely seen it because every time a Lifetime movie she go comes on, she's like, I've already seen this one four times and then watches it anyway. <laughs> so I'm like, she's definitely seen it. I don't remember if I have, but um, some people said like it didn't totally depict it great because it made uh, Kirsten look like, you know, such a horrible person. Like she deserved it yeah, in a really fucked up like way. She, right, exactly. Like she was the cheerleader, bully, nasty, whatever. But at the same time, so I, I was like, that's interesting. But then they interviewed, so when this blog interviewed Nancy, who like was there and knew them, she was like, oh, a friend to die for? I've seen it many times. It's pretty accurate. Oh my <laughs> so God. So she said it's pretty accurate. She said, except for my portrayal and Kirsten's, which were a little overdone. Okay. So like she didn't say, you know, I hate that it's wrong. Like she was like, that's pretty, pretty on point. Pretty. So I'm going to try and find that and watch that this weekend because okay. I'm going to be like, wow, I know these people. All right. Not, uh, yeah, you know, I know you mean. Three people removed, but still. Um, so anyway, Devin and I were, like I said, reading this interview at lunch before Becca was like, hi, uh, you're Christine, aren't you? Because I can hear you from across this, <laughs> this public place where you're, you're shouting. You're shouting about death and yeah. murder, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Devin and I were reading the interview about her at lunch. And one of the last questions that Nancy was asked is... What's the main thing people get wrong about you? And Nancy's response was simply that I could really kill someone. Wow. And that is the story of the murder of Kirsten That's a great Fox. story. Isn't that wild? Yeah. It all started with my friend going, oh, I was sir, my aunt was accused of murder one time. And I was like, wait, what? It seems very relevant in that, like, you knew someone that was somehow attached to the story. And also, like, we can find out who the person is now who has, like, this, like, prosperous yes. social media account yes very weird it's very weird i'm gonna make you show me that social media account oh i oh believe me okay but this dinner is gonna be one of the weirdest wildest yeah, i'm very excited if you guys are anywhere near the cheesecake no I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys are anywhere near you might find us you'll hear us first before you see us yes <laughs> well i'm i'm sure we took up so much of your time today so sorry about that I'm sorry um, eva that you had to edit this on the plane poor eva geez i had to think we there wasn't too much we had to edit out Let's hope. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, oh, wow. That's it, guys. I guess find us on the internet at uh, BernadetteExposed.com. I was going to say. <laughs> on my mommy blog. Yeah, on our mommy blog. Um, happy National Ravioli Day. Yay! That's literally a thing, by the way. Definitely smile today. Smile a lot. The world is a better place for it. And keep your past in the past. That's what God says. Also, think about the Ten Sacraments today. Yes. Right, Gio? Ten Commandments, but close. Right, Gio? Yeah. Do not murder. That's what he says. Geo 316. <laughs> and that's why we drink. Indeed it is. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. 
At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.